0: Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show Sunday Nights Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people
1: Amen
2: everybody welcome to the let's get real program i'd like to thank everybody for coming here tonight tonight will be our 17th share and uh we are really really exploding over here and we have a a very very amazing program tonight uh, um the little bit that i know about it um it's really going to be uh something special tonight so everybody strap up and get ready to experience something like you've never experienced before right Rebecca? (laughs) glazer
1: that's right
2: that's right first i want to thank uh all of our advertising sponsors the liquid scoop for always promoting us here in Lakewood. I would like to thank Chazak, Rabbi and Aniv, they offer programming for children to teens, singles, couples, millennials, baby boomers, and for cherished seniors. Please visit chazak.org for more information. I'd like to give a special thank to Mrs. Mika Sofer for always promoting us on CLL Live. It's really appreciated it. Thank you again. And a really special thanks to Mrs. Khayla Kaufman and Shmuel Sommer from JCN, the Jewish Content Network, for always promoting us across all the digital Jewish platforms and really, really helping this program get to another level. And Shmuel you always there with me. And um, I'd like to get started first tonight with our host, Coach Menachem, uh, to open up with a few words. Coach Menachem, unmute yourself. You're muted.
0: Now? First of all, good morning, Good
1: morning. Uh, you're calling good, it good morning. Yeah, it's very have, kind of you. To have a <laughs> glazer
0: up so early, <laughs> for those who know. Okay, everyone. Welcome again. Wow, this is a show number seven, uh, 17. uh, Tonight, I'm really excited. And we'll find out why. The truth is, this show is really um, becoming more and more real. Like it's called Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem. And all the weeks we had, all the knowledge that we learned, and then uh, last week, it really became real. We were able to hear somebody, from somebody from Shaumachal Rabashkin, to actually watch him walk through the darkest places, and how he was able to implement the Muna and Betachen, which was unbelievable. The feedback that we got it has not stopped, which was unbelievable. So that's always the, the question that we have Bar Hashem, we live in a world that Torah, avoid, and really it's really beautiful, and we have to thank Hashem for that. The challenge is that when we're thrown into an asoyin, when we have a test, that's when um, sometimes it can get hard to actually live with all the knowledge that we have, all the knowledge that we learned. Like Hashem uh, mentioned last week, everything that he learned in Yeshivas, everything that he learned. He was uh, trying to live it. But that's, that's the question. How do we actually live when we're in an asylum? And I believe that tonight we have in front of us, Rabbi Amtav Glazer is going to help us out with that, to be able to let in the information. And just by looking at you and listening to your deep voice, it reminds me. Um, I I do want to mention to the island that I am a proud graduate from the Possible U. And I want to share with the island a little bit. Um, The truth is, while I was sitting in the classes, I remember my thoughts. My thoughts were basically that the information is unbelievable. And it's good for those who need it. But me, <laughs> while I was sitting there, my life was really perfect. Baruch Hashem, I grew up a beautiful family, and I have to thank my parents, which I believe they're listening. I thank them for that. Bar Hashem. And problems, challenges, not really. Somehow Hashem got me into this seminar, <laughs> and I'm sitting in the seminar thinking it's unbelievable I didn't resist. I was listening. I did the exercises. I got, tried to get out of my comfort zone, get some nose with a a lot of the information that I picked up. Now, it's it's been years now, many years, maybe uh, eight, eight years that I look back and I could tell you that the growth and what I had in my life basically started from, I, I, I think it started from there. And for those who know me, my life has changed, and it really changed. The before and after is not the same, and I've learned a lot on the way, but the concepts, the seeds, looking back, I believe I got from those 24 hours that I sat and listened to what I thought then was not applicable for me. And here I am. So before I give you back the um, obviously it's it doesn't go on one foot and it is a process, but hopefully we'll be able to get some seeds planted, get some idea of the whole seminar and everything else that you teach. Um, I would just want to give a little bit of an introduction the way I understand it, and then you'll take over with uh, your vast knowledge. So the basic idea is, that when a person is born a person is born like a a soft piece of clay like pure innocent the the world is open it's open there's a big world and it's open for him for the innocent child and with our experiences we learn certain behaviors and what we call The social norms, this we do, this we don't do. From sitting in the park when the little baby starts eating mulch and then his mother comes over and takes it out and tells him, well why are you eating the mulch? And then you continue dancing and singing on top of your lungs till um, let's say first grade. You start looking around and some kids are laughing and basically it goes on, we pick up all the information and we pick up what's normal and what's not, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, who am I, who am I not. Again, everyone with their own experiences and interaction, whether it's Hasidish, Litvish, Svardish, wherever you are, the interaction that you have and uh, the experiences, could be you were in town or out of town, we basically become like a hard piece of clay. We create that box, like we're going to call tonight, the story that we tell ourselves, and we get very comfortable inside of it. And we don't really want to come out. We believe this is the way it should be. Some people use Amun HaBetachin. This is what Hashem wants. Um, This is what my life is destined to be. But the truth is, we're not really living our own life. We're living the life that others have told us to live. And that's where we get into a little bit of a struggle. Um, I just want to end with this. I believe the, the, the juice of life is on the other side, is outside of the box, getting out of your comfort, comfort zone, and, uh, which could be very, very scary. And getting out there and learning more about yourself. And then you won't believe certain things you have never dreamt you can do, or you have never thought that you want to do. And there you are. So, I'm giving back the mic, and I hopefully Hashem should send us the Hatzlacha, and the seeds should go in. And uh, before I give it back, if in middle somebody feels they're falling asleep, which we might have some meditation on the show, it's it. You should just know that that means it's working.
2: Thank you very much. Oh, I'm up. Okay. Just again, I want to give an overview of tonight. You have our Biont Glazer. I'm going to give you his full bio because it's a really long one, but it's important to know. Um, a lot of people are asking what the show is about tonight. The, the, the general topic of tonight is living the life you wanted to live. And the topic is a lot of people get stuck in their own little story, and they don't know how to get out of this story. You ever see guys sometimes that work in a grocery store, and you see they have so much potential and they could do so much more, but they don't do it? That's what we're talking about, people that get stuck in that story, and they have so much potential. And everybody has potential in them but how to really, really tune into it and find the interview you and actually take those steps to get to it. And I'm sure Rabbi Antrim Glazer can give a lot of good examples. Um, again, Coach Menachem is actually a graduate. He gives seminars all over the world, and uh, people gain tremendous amounts from it. I, I personally don't know Rabbi Glazer from before, but uh, I watched a few of his Sh- shiurim. Sh- I was a little bit blown away. I actually like his music also very much. We'll get to it soon, now that it's after the nine days. And um, let me give you his bio. Everybody get ready. All around the world, Rabbi Antrim Glazer was born in Hollywood, California, where he grew up on the foot of the mountains with the Pacific Ocean nearby. He began surfing at a young age and, at the, and it was the son of a surf wear manufacturer. Yumtiv grew up traveling the world on surf travel expeditions. On the days when the waves were small, little Yumtiv took the, to the hills and became a hardcore mountain biker. Another sport that he actively pursues until today, a lover of music, Rabbi Glazer, has been playing music professionally over three decades in England. He's known as the Jewish Barb Marley. And on an interesting note, the first time we had, we, we had our Zoom pre-meeting with Rabbi Glazer, he was doing it from his bike on top of his, some hill in Israel. Uh, we could barely hear him, but he was he was definitely doing it. Mm-hmm. While Rabbi Glazer spent the majority of his life surfing and mountain biking, he accumulated vast insights into human character, religion, and alternative spirituality. After receiving a Bachelor of Arts from the University of Georgia in Santa, Santa Barbara, he moved to Israel in 1991 to explore his Jewish origins, studying at a HaTorah College of Jewish Studies. After eight years intense study, Rabbi Glazer received smicha. Is that correct? Since 2000, Rabbi Glazer has been a senior rabbi at Aisha Torah Jerusalem, a master oriented orient- who had been found lecturing and entertaining for organizations worldwide. Few people can hold crowds attentive as Rabbi Yomtev Glazer does, regardless of his audience age, level, or observance, or whether digital on Zoom or not. I added that in. In 1999, mm-hmm. Rabbi Glazer concluded his training under the top psychologist, Efraim Servatsky, and since practices spiritual therapy, helping individuals to bake- break through deep emotional psychological blocks and come closer to God's experience. In 2002, Rabbi Glazer founded an internationally acclaimed Possible You Self-Transformation Seminar, accompanied with an ever-growing worldwide staff and alumni. Mm-hmm. Today, Rabbi Yomtev prays in Meir Sharm, in Pinsk Karlin Shul, known for the fact that every word of the service is screamed on top of his lungs. He also is a student of the Hasidic Rebbe, whose spiritual dynamo of cutting edge of Kabbalah's research and practice. Rabbi Yomtev can be found sitting at the Rebbe's table, soaking in teaching, often into the wee hours of the night, like we'll do tonight. Rabbi Glazer now resides in Jerusalem with his wife and his children. He studies, teaches, plays, music, and adventures in Jerusalem and travels internationally, sharing what he calls transformational education. Rabbi Yomtev Glazer, please open up.
1: <laughs> Shalom, everybody. So glad to be with you all. It's, uh, thank God, uh I'm in Yerushalayim, 515 in the morning. And yes, the, the creator in the wor- the creator of the world that we all believe in so deeply is the is you know he's everything's possible but literally everything is possible i mean you've seen some of the twists and turns of your own life and you you just you just can't believe some of those some of those moves and how everything's so orchestrated and but he's a he's absolutely completely all-powerful and can have anything happen but the question is, are you someone that's a vessel that anything can happen to you? Are you that kind of vessel? And we see that there are people that just have magical, magical existences, and you can have that magical existence, but you have to be a vessel for it. You gotta be a clee for such a, such a life. Now, I wanna tell you a little muscle that, uh, that's been kind of popular this year that I've been telling people on, and that is, uh, you know an experience of, uh, you know like lab rats where, the, where if you put a rat inside a box, and the box has four long tunnels coming off of it, and, the, and you put cheese in the fourth tunnel. So what happens is the rat goes into the box, it will go down the first tunnel, no cheese, finally goes down the second tunnel, no cheese, finds the third tunnel, no cheese, goes down to the fourth tunnel. there's the cheese. Now if you put the rat back in the box, which tunnel is it going into? It's going straight to tunnel four, right? They're not dummies. Goes straight to f- tunnel four, the end of tunnel four. Bingo, gets the cheese. Put it back in tunnel four. Goes in tunnel four. There's the cheese. Again, down tunnel four. He goes straight to it each time. Now, if you move the cheese to tunnel one, what happens is the rat goes in the box. Which, which tunnel has he gone for? Four. That's right, tunnel four. Goes right down tunnel four. No cheese. And the rat just turns around comes out. Tunnel three, no cheese. Tunnel two, no cheese. Tunnel one, there's the cheese, boom. You put the rat back inside the box. Guess what tunnel he's going down? Very simple, tunnel one, that's where the cheese was. Now, you put a human being inside that box. Tunnel one, no cheese, tunnel two, no cheese. Tunnel three, no cheese, it goes tunnel four, there's the cheese. Keep putting in tunnel four, there's the cheese, there's the cheese, there's the cheese, there's, the cheese. there's the cheese. And then you move the cheese to tunnel one. You put the person inside the box. What tunnel is he going for? Tunnel four. Goes down tunnel four. No cheese. At which point, you know what the human being does? He sets up a tent and he spends the next 40 years telling a story about the cheese that was once in tunnel four. In fact, he puts a plaque on the wall, about the cheese that was once in 24. In fact, his... his Kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids have been hugging them about, about the cheese that was in Tunnel, at the end of Tunnel 4. We are human beings as storytellers. We tell stories. When you grew up, you heard stories probably at bedtime every night. And our Jewish narrative as a people, was it's all couched in stories. Everything's stories. Human beings are storytellers. And we ourselves have our own story. We have our own narrative that we're telling. Now, there are parts of that story that are just, in our own personal story, that are, they're just not true. But boy, did they feel true at the time. And when we grew up, much like Coach Menachem was sharing earlier, when we grew up, so, you know, all kinds of stuff happens all the time. I mean, I oh my gosh, my own kids, I think about all the time, like stuff that happened to them that's like, oh, you just can't protect your kids, you know? These days, I would think we could like, it, it's, aren't we high tech enough now that we could like somehow wire our kids with cameras on all sides just to tell them when to like move out of the way so the bus doesn't splash them on their way into school? and. And then and then when it's their turn to read, you know, we'll have we'll have a little earpiece in their ear just to read it right. So they don't stutter and the kids laugh they, like if we could only protect our kids throughout their entire days, So nothing would ever happen. So they'd never develop any of those limiting beliefs that we all developed. And the answer is that that we don't have that. And we can't protect them all day. And the scary thing is we're probably the biggest danger of all, you know, and the on a deeper level like that, we're the ones, I mean, if you think about it, you, the average person goes to a shrink, they're probably talking about their parents more than anyone else. So it's like, it's like we're the ones trying to protect them or we're also the ones doing all the damage. So, so anyway, the, we have these stories and, and those stories wind up being exactly what our brains navigate for. You see, the, the possible you isn't like your average personal growth seminar. It's actually a technology that transforms the way that a part of your brain called the default mode network works. And I only got to learn all the brain science of it much later than when Coach Menachem did the seminar. So I, I understand things that I didn't understand then, even though I've been teaching the seminar for so many years. The it's like, I don't know, 19 years now, and like 9,000 graduates, 90 I'm even more, I think we're even at a thousand now with the Zoom webinars. I need which, to show uh, that by the way yeah what's that i need to come back yeah it's it's really grown it's amazing what's going on in there now and speaking of which it's um, coming to lakewood the first time ever on august 30th which is like a major launch for us we have been i feel so bad these people have been driving from lakewood to muncie to borough park and i'm like oh, i don't want people driving all over the world for this i feel so bad that they come in you know and they, so we're finally going to Lakewood, which is really exciting. We were trying to hit a critical mass of those people driving in that we're finally going to come there and, and, and please God, have a beautiful seminar. So I have, um, I have Muncie on the, on the 23rd of this month, and then the 30th of uh, August will be um, Lakewood with an intro the week before Thursday night on the whatever day that is, the 27th or something. Anyway. Uh, so, so here we are going through these, you know, going through our lives in such a way. So, so here's the muscle actually, because uh, you grew up in Muncie, Coach Menachem, you'll like this, is that when you're driving down Palisades Parkway, and I, and I love this because there's such beautiful herds of deer all the time. You know, you see a whole herd sometimes, like I saw like 10, 12 deer. So usually I'm a passenger. So I, I always say to my driver, did you see those deer? I mean, it was like, you couldn't miss this amount of deer. And some of them had like big racks of you know, big giant antlers and a big amount of deer, it wasn't a little amount. And they're not exactly the same color as grass, you know? And, and they're right on the edge of the highway. And I, it's two different trips. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I asked the driver, did you notice those deer, did you see the deer? And he was like, what deer, what deer? He didn't see any deer. And the reason is, and they've discovered this scientifically, that while you're driving down Palisades Parkway, 90% of your brain is not seeing anything. You see, there's a tyrant inside your brain that's this conductor, like an orchestra conductor. And you know, right now it's an oboe solo. So oboe's like this long tube, it's a quieter instrument. So he has to tell the 30 violinists to be quiet. So the conductor's like, like this to the, to the violinists while he's going like this to the oboe player. And he's like up with the oboe, down with the violins and he's conducting everything. So you have a conductor inside your brain. That's constantly keeping your brain on low, you know, slow, quiet, keep all the instruments quiet. So your brains as little networked as possible so that you can stay 10% of your brain on task. So they've discovered that 90% of what we see most of the time we don't even see. It's just predictive models from every other time you drove down the highway. And that's one of the reasons why you would prefer a 35-year-old drive you from Muncie to Lakewood than a 16-year-old, because he just has much more past for the predictive models that he's really not going to see anything but that car in front of him. And he's predicting for everything. And sorry, the 10% of him that's on task is really on the front bumpers and the cars in front of him. And he's, he's really ready for all that. That's where his brain's on. Now, here's the, here's the point, is that our brain can't distinguish. That m- network called the default mode network cannot distinguish between 65 miles per hour down the Palisades Parkway and walking into a wedding. It can't distinguish the two they both feel just as scary because on the highway, you have a risk of, you know, grievous bodily harm from a car accident, God forbid, whereas a wedding has the fear of rejection. How, how am I coming off in the other people's eyes? And then there's business and all the meetings and interviews and everything we're doing in business is, is the fear of failure which for the human brain, it doesn't know the difference between crashing in a highway, God forbid, or showing up in a business meeting. And then you have a third fear that was rejection. The rejection was the wedding. And uh, any other time you're you know, going to shul or whatever, wondering what everyone's thinking about you. Or there was the business stuff, which is the fear of failure. The third fear is the fear of being out of control. And that's going to meet your kids menahel, right? It's not called Minha hell for nothing. yeah, which means from hell, just kidding. We, we love all Minha hells, but people are often scared to death, you know, cause they feel like the fate of their children is in someone else's hands. And, and that's the fear of being out of control. And once again, we're not really present. We're just, you know, totally on task and we're not, we're not there. And so it turns out that you can actually get that default mode network of yours to go. Shh, be quiet. This is not an emergency. Someone actually spent 50, 60, $70,000 tonight for me to enjoy myself at this wedding. If you don't mind, I'm going to dance around a little bit and uh, meet a few new people for a change without alcohol. Like I don't need alcohol to, to, you know, to uh, confuse the default mode network. Uh, Though it is interesting that you see someone have one drink next to another dancing, they're talking to to strangers, they're talking to strangers and dancing around the center of the circle like this, you know, with one glass of wine, like what happened all of a sudden? And we, we actually can get the default mode network to settle down. And one of my favorite stories is when I'll speak to someone the week after the seminar and the, the guy will say that he. He was making kiddish that Shabbos after the seminar and he looks across the room and he sees his wife for the first time. Because his default mode network had, had her on some kind of predictive models and so he wasn't present there. The, orc- the tyrant, I call the orchestra, the, orc- the um, conductor of the orchestra, he has somehow removed the, orchest- the conductor's baton from his hand. And he's able to see his wife. And many have said that they just, they saw their wife and they felt like they could just start sobbing. And wives have said this about their husbands. And then, but then he looks over and sees his children who are like, they're also just, they've become concepts. You know, children themselves can become, because the brain has two options. Experiential, which we were saying is the 10%. And then 90% is just conceptual, where I've just become conceptual. and uh, Coach Monaco, you may remember from the seminar when we talked about experiential versus conceptual living. And the move that all of us made when we were about 11, 12 years old, was we, we did a, a surgical maneuver called get the world out of me. It's a world out of me. And that's get the world out of me because little kids, why do we want to protect little ones so much? Because it all goes in them like, they're like sponges and they're taking in everything. and They're, they're just trying to get through their childhood without getting too embarrassed or, or, or being called a failure or laughed at or, or, uh, or controlled or whatever. So, so, we, um, so we're just, we're able to stop seeing the world conceptually. Because, oh, I was saying it around 11, 12 years old is when your brain gets good enough to actually start conceptualizing life, where you just get the world out of, you. that's why you'll notice teens are very cool about stuff. You know you can tell them like the craziest news ever and they're just like so what's that have to do with me you know you're like your high school blew up like you know that's that's that has to do with you you know or whatever and they're they're just they're just like yeah so because everything everything's been pushed out but the problem is is we forgot to put a switch see a paramedic has a switch you know they're present with their family, but when they run into a house full of screaming people and blood or whatever, they're 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 not they don't walk in and go ah. You know they're conceptual, and this is the same reason why surgeons don't operate on their own family because how are they supposed to stay conceptual when the when the person on the operating table is a family member, and so they they won't operate it because there's a time for being conceptual, and some of those times are in crisis or in a emergency situations you want to be conceptual in there you want to kind of shut down the rawness of the experience but but sadly so many of us are shut down for the rawness of the experience of our own spouse or the children or our parents and especially our in-laws you know who's not conceptual about their in-laws and and but here's the thing is kiddish has become a concept i'm going to switch to yiddish guy now kiddish has become a concept so by the time, the guy's already sobbed over his wife and kids. Now, the, when he makes kiddish, there's no wine left in the cup. By the time he's done, there's no wine left in the cup because he's just like, Yom HaShishi. Like, all of a sudden, he just realizes, how many years have I been saying this? Like, it's not Yom HaShishi, it's Yom ha-shvi'i. Why do we start the kiddish with the wrong day? You know? And then it's, by HaShvi'i. He didn't stop on Yom he stopped on Yomashiji. So now it's like, we're on Yom and now we're saying he stopped on Yom I thought he stopped on Yom So it's like, what's going on here? So the guy can barely get through Kiddush because Kiddush all of a sudden is like opening itself up to him. And Shacharis is like, forget about it. Like he comes home two hours late from Shacharis because he's, he's still on Nishmas. He's, you know, the, everyone's gone home. The kiddish is over. He's on Nishmas just trying to figure it all out because the whole world opens up and then later he's with his chavrusa and the chavrusa, it's it's a very difficult toysvah. And he used to have this, like, this, like film between him and the daf, of like, this is a difficult toysvah. Now, anyone trying to learn a toysvah calling it difficult it's going to be difficult and <laughs> boy does it get difficult but once the default mode network shuts down Tosvos opens up because Tosfos did not he is not at all trying to make be difficult here there was no trying to be difficult he was actually saying things very clearly but but it's going to require some you know first of all the possibility that i'm a Terra and to be able to say i got this and the commitment going into it that I'm going to get this. And, you know, this is mine. I'm sh- this is shy to me, the learning that I'm doing right now. And then, I mean, it just opens up and everything else seems seems to open up and open up and open up and open up. And then you're in a business meeting. And it's like, you're actually so much more interested in the person you, you who you're meeting at the business meeting than the business you're discussing. And who doesn't want to work with someone so interested, you know, it's like, it's like, wow, wow, this person's like, really interested in me. And then, you know, you, you, go for, you go for an interview and you wind up interviewing them. You're like, tell me about yourself. They're like, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought you're the one getting interviewed. Like, well, yeah, but if we're gonna spend 10 minutes together, you know, might as well enjoy each other. You know, like, like just tell me two things about yourself. You know, how long you been interviewing people at this, in this company, anyway. Now, how before, do we start?
0: Before, before you go on, yeah, what, what,
1: yeah.
0: how does that happen, and why does it happen? Why does somebody become from experiential to conceptual? Why do we shut down, and everything becomes conceptual?
1: Well, if you notice, there's no pause button on life, and because I've already gone through certain things, you know, embarrassments or other, any other difficulty. Um, what happens is I'm vigilant now, before I was talking about being vigilant for the car in front of me, I'm vigilant now for very specific triggers that anything should trigger those feelings about myself again. And so those are called triggers. And and this is why, for example, you cannot get to a therapist within a month of Pesach, if you didn't order in advance, you know, because everyone knows they're gonna get triggered by uncle this and triggered by that one and triggered by that one. and. And everyone's going to, by the way, in America, Thanksgiving, it's like you can't get a therapist for two months before Thanksgiving because of all the different family members that trigger them. And so, I mean, you have people, you have people, they're CEO of a company, but they were the fourth child in the family and their oldest brother just causes them to totally shut down, which is such a joke because the oldest brother now works at a car wash. You understand? It's like it's like one guy's a millionaire, a CEO, and the other guy works in a car wash. But meanwhile, he's got three sessions at a shrink coming into uh, coming into Thanksgiving dinner for the triggers. So what causes what caused us to shut down was that was just our vigilance for our triggers. It's that that default mode network has to somehow navigate the dangers of life. And those dangers for each one of us is something else, because each one of us has our own story. You know, it's really your unique things that you're that you're watching out for. I can keep going. So, anyway, but the the bottom line is is that uh, I thought you were going to ask how do you get it to shut? How do you get it to shut down? How do you get the default mode network to be quiet? And the answer is, and this was the amazing thing I discovered, and Coach Menachem like. Another thing that like I discovered in the last years is that when you are when you are when you go down the rabbit hole of what your default mode network part of your brain is is vigilant for, it just drops its baton. It's a discovery. I mean it's just a discovery that I made that that it can't keep telling you who you are, meaning that secret limited who you are, like not good enough, not lovable, not capable, um, not good looking, not smart, you know, uh, small, weak, worthless, like every single thing. And, and by the way, you, you know, human beings, we think uh, psychologists tell us today that we think some 60,000 thoughts a day. And you want to know which are the dangerous ones so you all learned about lush and Har, it's the ones you speak right yeah that may be dangerous for you spiritually to speak lush and heart but there's some words that are much worse because think about it the words you say are the ones you tailor for the listener what about the other what about the other fifty-nine thousand thoughts of the day where we're vicious against ourselves where we are ruthless in what we will say about ourselves and I mean, we're really, really rough on ourselves. And, and it's mozi Shamra. I mean, can you imagine sitting at a Shabbos table and someone says to you, someone's like, so coach Menachem, what do you think about a Yankee Goldstein? And you're like, oh, that guy is, uh, first of all, kind of an ugly guy and, and uh, you know, stupid and worthless. And uh, no one really wants him around. So he's unwanted. And he's, uh, he's, um, you know, he's kind of weak. and The guy's lost and he's just lost. A failure. You know what would happen? Everyone to the Shabbos day would be like, Coach Menachem, we can't speak that way about people. (laughs) He'd be like, oh, sorry. No, he would never say that about someone else. And uh, I bless you, and I hope that as a possible graduate, you never say that about yourself, Coach Menachem. A lot of work. Yeah, but we will say the darndest things about ourselves. We're ruthless, just ruthless. And, and what happens is that you can only speak that way about yourself if it's under the radar. Now, that's stage one is what are you really saying? The other thing is, if you're saying that stuff, you don't want anybody to hear it. You know Can you imagine if you had a megaphone one morning you wake up and you're walking down the street and everyone's looking at you like you're nuts. And what was happening? You know, there's a megaphone off your head, two megaphones saying everything you're thinking about yourself. your head you know you would do i mean you'd find the nearest basement as soon as possible and like cover yourself with blankets and like someone get these megaphones off my head we say all that stuff we'd never want anyone to hear it so what do we do we create a personality that is the personality we want everyone to know and then we vigilantly protect it for the rest of our lives and we're holding we're holding muscles we're holding You know, if if we're just where people are holding so tight sometimes in seminars, um, I haven't done this in a while. I mean, since Corona, I've only done two seminars did one in Borough Park three weeks ago and two weeks ago in Muncie, but sometimes I'll take a participant to the front of the room. And so, you know, only if he's game, I'm not going to embarrass someone. So he comes up to the front of the room and I, I take his hand and I say, let me hold your hand. So he gives me his hand and I raise his hand up to here. And then I say, okay, give me your hand. He's like, I gave you my hand. And then what do I do? I let go. And he's still holding his hand up. <laughs> I said, "I said, give me your hand. And he says, so he puts his hand in my hand. I raise it up. He said, Now give it to me. Put all your weight there. Like really let go. And I, then I drop my hand and guess what? It's still up. It doesn't go down. And we real, what everyone realizes there is that we're all holding. Well, think about it, if I can't let go of my hand when I'm being asked to, and someone's actually, I was ready to bear the weight, and arms aren't light. I know when someone's giving it to me, because it weighs about 10, 12 pounds. And you know when someone dropped 10, 12 pounds in your hand. And I can just feel this guy won't let go. And we don't let go. And it's all parts. It's all kinds of parts of our body. In fact, the only reason I got to the possible view was because my mind was, uh, by the way, I'll share with you my word because it doesn't mean anything to me anymore it's that story is no longer relevant but my word was unacceptable from i was humiliated at 10 years old in shul and uh and i just i just felt so unacceptable in the eyes of others i guess the person who humiliated me who didn't even try to it was like the most meaningless situation like it, there was no one humiliating me but i was humiliated and that that were I think that person was particularly popular and I wanted to be accepted by everybody and I was younger than everybody in this situation. And I just got like unacceptable. Now, what do I do? Now that I'm unacceptable and I'm 10 years old. So like, I got a hundred years of this now, you know, like, what am I gonna do? And believe me, I didn't, you think you went to your parents to tell them, hey, hey, mom and dad, guess what? I got terrible news. I just found out I'm dumb. No, we just sit at the Shabbos table like this. Suddenly you realize because all it takes is opening your mouth at a Shabbos table to have an older sibling say, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And now it's twice because it happened in school earlier that day. and Now it's Shabbos. And now it happened again. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is real. And you learn real quick the personality of shy. And then I'm like, saying, oh, he's shy. We actually have names for these things. It's amazing that we can actually believe a person's shy. Shy isn't, Uh, personality shy is is a a chess move we made to protect the king because the king's in trouble with you know with being dumb which is the that one of those voices our ruthless barrage of of voices that will attack ourselves with and so we create shy and if it's failure maybe we'll create lazy you know lazy who's gonna ask a guy who's lazy to do anything and so you're totally off the hook now, all of this goes on vibrationally. So people sense, you know, you know not to ask the lazy guy to do anything and you know not to ask the shy person what time it is on the street. And they're literally saying, don't ask me. You know, I'm not the person going to give you the time. I'm not giving you the time of day. So, so, the, so we actually have developed a vibrational cover-up. By the way, the inner, the inner negative voice is also a vibration. That has its own vibrations. And and, you know, why, why how did the brother Friday night pick up to tell that kid that that was the dumbest thing he ever heard in his life? How did he pick that up, the older brother? He normally doesn't speak that way to him. But once it locked in in school and he didn't tell his parents, because it's nice when your kids come home and they have an issue like that, you can see it on their eyes. Something happened that day. And you can uncover it and you can restory them on the spot. Restoring adults is more difficult because once that vibration's there, it just keeps coming and coming okay god created the world everything's made of elokus. i'm not going to give a kabbalah share but this whole world's made of vibration everything even what you're hearing right now is all just eloquence it's just movement vibrational energy got my guitar back there i'll get that thing going a little bit but like they, believe me the a string which you might have heard before you know uh it's moving up 440 oscillations per second while I'm singing, uh, vocal, my vocal cords are moving 440. So there's a lot of science in this, and so I create a distraction vibrational personality, which is like has nothing to do with that beautiful two-year-old who's eating mulch. Yes. <laughs> Coach Menachem said, "I love that," you know, and dancing around. You know, it's like we all have these beautiful personalities. You know, uh, Usher and uh, Coach Menachem and everybody. I. Uh, when I have, you know, a men's seminar, so I often get these rabbis. Uh, You know, there are cheder rabbis and yeshiva rabbis, and you know, we have actually had a couple of rabbi rabbis, and um, and uh, you know, many dayanim. And, and generally, generally, the, it's funny when I come to do a seminar. It's often the first seminar has got a lot of uh, manhigim, because they're like, let me get in there before the everyone else gets in there. So the so when when it happens is the um, how did I get on the in the? Oh, I ask a kid, I asked a kid in the group. Um, sorry, one of the Rebbe's in the group. I say, anyone here was a Rebbe of three-year-olds learning olive phase? And so one of them raises his hand, I was a Rebbe of them. Tell me, did any of those three-year-old little cheder boys, was there, was any two of them alike? And they say, no, zero overlap. Like there was no overlap of any kid. It was like, it was like, it was like, uh, you know, I, by the way, I've had some from Sotmere. So it's like four classes, 40 in a class, and they're all named yo by the way. But they're, they're like zero overlap. It was like 40 worlds inside my classroom. Each one was his own world. And then I ask another uh, Rebbe in the class, I say, ah, you're a, you're a Rebbe of, uh, of the 12-year-olds that turned 13, yeah, that year? So said, yeah, were any of those two kids different? And he's like, no no these were these were like self-amputating kids meaning they like anything that individuates these kids they will self you know just shave off the appendage of individuality just to like get through in as uniform a way as possible
2: so what we got a lot of
1: questions there
2: tonight let's wrap up the opening let's go
1: oh i'm on my opening oh my gosh (laughs) Oh yes! Awesome. <laughs> I remember now you told me the format. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I'm like the energizer, buddy. you just get me going. I just keep going. Um, anyway, so the wrap up, the basic wrap up is, is that, is that there's a beautiful child inside of all of us. It's a personality that is the soul meets the body, perfect nexus, a perfect fusion of who God made you. And, and that's all I'm giving people. And when they have that and the vibrational energy that they've been kind of shooting into the future of like, don't ask me, you know, or I'm the guy, by the way, yeah, the, those are all shy and lazy or flight, But plenty of people got fight. And I was doing that cool thing all those years. And that's, that's a fight vibration energy. And that's, you know, I'm gonna dominate this situation. But that's exhausting. And like your loved ones have to like jump through circus hoops all the time just to keep up with you. And it's like, you're an exhausting character to be in, a, to have as a family member or a friend. And all of a sudden you can just get back the beautiful child. You suddenly get playful again. And, and it's a pleasure to be with you and be around you and, and connect. Anyway, so, so just in, in conclusion is, uh, so I've been doing this all these years and I'm inviting everyone you know, to, to join me. I have Zoom webinars. I actually have a Zoom webinar East Coast uh, on Zoom tomorrow, 11 for women. And you can just go to rabbayomtov.com and sign up if you're of the female persuasion, and the uh, and if you're on a um, if you're on a, uh, a non-smartphone or no internet, if you're just a call-in, so then the, there's a phone number that you can dial, which is uh, just uh, 011972. Take out your pen. 01197250. 292-6009-0197250292-6009. and last so when I was uh, usher when I was doing the seminar in New York last week, I had many people who were at the Zoom seminar came to the actual live seminar for the not the two hours a day but the twenty four hour over four days, and the ones who had done the Zoom seminar were like were like ahead of the game because they already had all the intellectual property. From having done the, you know, the Corona, the Corona seminar, you know, the Zoom seminar. Okay, what kind of questions you got? What do you got?
2: Let's take a little poll. Let's see where everybody's holding it tonight. And everybody is a little. Uh, I'm going to say personally, a little confused. We want to break down these questions. Want to see if we have things in us that that are holding us back. And I want to really break it down so people understand what we're talking about here. So we're not all in a daze. Let's put <laughs> a place and let's really. We're going to. That's what we're here. We're here to break it down to the simple people. Let's take first the poll, everybody who's on. I want an interesting poll, turn it on. Okay, everybody, this is an anonymous poll. We wanna show Rebecca Glazer who we are, what we're doing here tonight. Do you feel like you're living your ultimate potential in life? There's four options. Yes, I'm right on target, is option A. B, I feel like I'm missing some, some, sometimes, but I'm trying. Option C, I feel like I am failing in life. D, I don't, I don't like to think about these questions. So the first question is, again, you feel like you're living your ultimate potential life. Yes, I'm right on target. I feel like I'm missing something, but trying. I feel like I'm failing. I don't, I don't like to think about these questions. The follow-up question to number one is number two. What are you doing to stay on target to get where you want to be? Option A, learning Musser, shiurim. Option B, talking it out with professionals, mentors. Option C, I don't know how to go about it. Option D, I don't feel I could accomplish my potential. Everybody, please vote, read the questions. It's anonymous, we don't know who's saying who, but we're gonna get a general feel of what the crowd is. Every Glazer, and you're gonna get all your information right here. You ready?
1: That's so cool. It's really yeah, cool. I love okay. it.
2: Okay, five seconds, everybody. Five, four, three. Wait, wait, you're doing too fast. Two, one, zero. okay, almost
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, where do, How do I click if I wanna click?
2: You? No, you can't click, because I know your answers already.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> okay, let's share the results, you ready? 12% of people here tonight, they came here just to say hello to your Rabbi Glazer. They have no reason to be here. They're right on target. They're perfectly good. They are not missing anything. A whopping 62%. They feel like they're really trying, but they're missing something. They don't know what, but they're missing something. 20% wow. feel like they're really failing. 6% feel like they don't like to think about these questions. The follow-up to the question, what, do you, what are you doing to stay on target? Where you, where you want to be? 36% obviously turning to learning in Torah, which is learning Muslims. 34% are talking with professionals and mentors. And 26% don't know how to go about it. And 5% don't feel like they can accomplish their potential. You see these answers? Wow. I think think there's amazing results over here. So bottom line, I'm getting out of here tonight. People want to live their potential and people are trying, whether it's learning with with Via Tyra, which is amazing, or talking to professionals to really get there. And uh, I think that's one of the main reasons why you're here tonight. So we really want to take a lot of people's questions. Everybody, please turn on your camera. I have 400,000 questions for him. So I'm sure everybody at least has one. Because I don't know what he's talking about. To me, this is Chinese. And I really want to understand what he's talking about. And I really want to get it. Stop sharing that. And uh, let's start off. I'll start off with the opening question. And everybody wants to ask a question, please text me. Menachem, please bounce questions off me. Menachem is much more familiar with Robert Glazer and Ishiuram. But the first question from some of the pre-questions that we got, which I thought was very interesting. And everybody talks to money. It's, let's start with money. money. Money talks, right? Question. I love to have a more luxurious life with more money and more flexibility, live a little bit more comfortable. But I don't think it's the right thing. I don't think that's what Hashem wants from us on this world. That's not the reason why we're here. So the question is, he feels like he wants to live more luxury, but he's tightening it up that Hashem says, no, don't be so Muglishem. Rabbi Glazer, what do you think of that? Is that is he living his potential? Is he covering his potential?
1: <laughs> wow, you're asking me a rabbi question. I, here I am coming on rabbi as the Glazer, possibility. We
2: want not, very long answers. Good answer. Right. Uh, this is not another segment.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. we're gonna, um, we're gonna, we're gonna be Yeah, this, yeah, this kind of this is more in my r- rabbi career. Um, so if the person if a person's willing to forego the gosh like that, uh, by all means, they should because because they're, um, you're gonna have every kind of kid, you know, and I'm thinking more about the children here, um, that you're gonna have every kind of kid. And the And the to train your kids in that more luxurious lifestyle is going to set them up for, um, for um, potentially unhappy lives. Um, so if you can forgo it and, and be happy, so then by all means, forgo it. If on the other hand, there's certain people who just need it as you know, we know in Torah that certain people like, for example, when they go bankrupt, we, we have to like support them for a while at the level they're used to. If you really need it, so then you're gonna be unhappy in your lifetime and now you raised kids as an unhappy parent and that's no good either. So you really, what I would do if I met such a person, I, was be, I would really take their pulse on their desires uh, for, for having a little extra gashmius. Um, and whether it's worth making the sacrifice to go get it, the uh, I would I would take their pulse on that and see if it's if it's truly what they need. So then they're going to be the best parent that way. But if they could forego it, forego it.
0: But well, should should a person live his life different based on his children?
1: And so the answer is if he if the answer is yes, if he's happy or she's happy. If on the other hand they're not going to be happy living their lives for their children, meaning meaning foregoing stuff for their children, and they're going to be unhappy about that, so then they're they're not doing anyone a service, you know. They've taught their children how to have unhappy lives because we're modeling. We're mo- much more than what we say and do is you know how we're doing is modeling for our kids. So I I personally feel that that it's uh, that it's worth it to forego things for, for our kids unless we're not we're just not going to be happy campers at which point then it's no longer worth it and you know our, let our kids deal with it you no, know it probably to... would have been but be- it would have been better for my kids growing up in you know in carleen and mayasharim that they would have you know that their father didn't ride a mountain bike but they would have had one unhappy father and okay. so so i trained them in mountain biking
2: okay rabbi sure Robert Glazer, we have quite a few live questions people want to ask you. And I want to go back to the basics of the fundamental of the issues, because I jumped into a a serious question. But we're going to go back a little bit to to build up about, you know, about what a person's inner is. Let's start off with Scott. Scott, you there?
3: Shalom Aleichem, Yom Tov.
1: You got to give him a little history, Scott.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We
2: go back. I did the possible
3: you probably three times about 15 years ago. And I was a big, very close to Yom Tov back in the day when I lived in Eretz Went to Aish, Hashem, we go way back. Mm-hmm. And he definitely changed my life, and and the whole—it's just an amazing, amazing program. Everyone should definitely do it, um Bar Hashem. And you can have the opportunity to get close with uh, Rabbi Yom Tov, so that's also amazing. Um, so, my question—what is your is,
1: question, Grasshopper? <laughs>
3: Um, You're touching on it. You just started touching on it regarding being a parent, right? We, 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 we right? We, a lot of our reason that people are have issues is because <laughs> they're parents, right? <laughs> right. So, how do we as parents, how do we not, how do we make sure that our kids don't have those issues
1: <laughs> and
3: are happy when they're
1: older? Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so the muscle I like to give is that we think we can drive our car without taking it into the shop for like 30 years straight. You know, I bet you there's a couple of people still driving around in a, like a an Oldsmobile station wagon in Lakewood from like 1970, and like they're still driving around with that thing. And but when you're in that car, just praying that you're gonna get. Meaning they would never take it out of town because they'd just get arrested for driving it. But but when you're in that car. You smell fumes, why? Because there's a pipe going under the entire car and it's getting corroded from salted roads and years, and years and years and years and years and years of not getting changed. Well, if the exhaust pipes blowing smoke up into the car, well, it goes into the cabin. And so the way I like to say it is we're smoking our kids out in these old cars of ours, because we're still, you know, we're st- and we're thinking, oh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You guys saw the poll we just had. You know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I've got news for everybody. You're not a dog. And the, and what happens is when you bring your car into the shop and you let your motor cool, you can actually put yourself in the line of fire of somebody who trains people to clean their fuel. Like there's an oil filter, clean it. There's an air filter, clean it. There's a, to change the oil. It's full of metal parts after a year of driving, and thirty years—forget about it. And so we we can't go with the dictates of our the narratives, which are often built off our parents. As I said, you know we're generations in telling stories about Tunnel Number Four, and it's often dysfunctional. You know we cover up our dysfunction with with worldview with Ashkafa. You can know wherever you wherever you have hashkaffa i don't mean torah hashkaf, i mean your own hashkaffas wherever you have a you're probably covering something up that's just that's the beauty is that uh, like once you know that formula all you have to do is see some hashkaffa you've created and you know behind there you're hiding something and that's what's messing up our, our kids when you burn clean fuel, you have a safe home. But um, Scott, I, you know, I realize, oh, sure, I'm going a little long with this, but but you want to hear the real answer? <laughs> is The answer is distinguishing acceptance and approval. You remember that, Menachem? Yeah, distinguishing acceptance and approval. Because what happens is if you're an observant Jew, you have high standards of approval, high standards. Even if you're not, Jews just have a lot of categories that were very high standard in So you have high standard approval and what happens, you wind up only accepting whoever you approve of. So instead of approval and acceptance, it's like I only, meaning two separate subjects, they get blurred and I wind up only accepting those I approve of. And what that does is it makes our kids feel unsafe because here we're building a home with high standards as you should, you should always have high standards of approval. But because it gets blurred with acceptance, our children feel unsafe. And you, know, you don't want to try that in America, I mean, because America, as you all know, with the millennials running around and the, the Black Lives Matter and the whole things going on out there, that, that, that those, those um, the, the left-wing, radical, liberal, you know, socialist undercurrent, that's now the overcurrent because they've shamed all the other people to silence, is that they're all about acceptance and they've thrown out approval. You know, there's like, not only do you see our, what's our problem as observances? You, you, we have high standard approval and therefore I only accept whoever I approve of. That's our problem, is that we're unsafe for everybody. Because think, who do you love? You love whoever accepts you, that's it. And who do you hate? Whoever doesn't accept you. Like The people that you love are the people that accept you. And so exactly. if your standards of approval are that high and blurred with acceptance, so you wind up, you're just, you're just scary for people and scary for your own children. In America, acceptance is the highest value. And they have that blurred with approval. And so what happens is that they say, they say, well, not only do you have to accept everyone, you also have to approve, and therefore there are no more standards. There's no such thing as guy or girl anymore. Did you know the majority of people under the age of 25, when they're asked on a questionnaire, whether they're male, female, or other, the majority of people put other. You, know, you can't be other, but yet people choose other now. And and so, in other words, you're living in a country that's safe for being machined, being different, being being anything you want, and even if it goes against the actual nature of creation itself. And so so if your home has acceptance and approval blurred and you've got these high standards, well, it, the grass is greener and to the children, it looks like, wow, you know, America looks a lot safer than my home, you know, American culture. Is like you're accepted no matter what it, it actually calls them it beckons them so it's so important that we distinguish acceptance and approval Just that's acceptance that's approval we have highest standards of approval but you're accepted no matter what and so in answer to your question scott um, there's two things one is is our our crew you know narratives that has got us because we've never worked them through burning you know not clean fuel sending smoke into the cabin of the car but the other is that we have acceptance and approval blurred and our kids gen- just genuinely feel like they're only gonna make it in your home based on your standards. And now some of you might be thinking, well, what are we supposed to do? Not out of standard. And the answer is that, that you wanna guarantee your kids are, and grandkids and great grandkids are observant. You make your home the most accepting home there is with the standards, with the standards. And you you can, those two simultaneously exist, they have separate definitions, so why can't they simultaneously exist? Full acceptance, full standards of approval.
2: beyond we have a lot more questions. Um, I wanna make sure your internet's good, it says your bandwidth is low, and uh, I wanna make sure you're super clear, so just make just be aware of that.
1: My bandwidth is low? Well, that's strange.
2: I hear you clearly, I hear you clearly. I have
1: all my bar. Okay,
2: Okay, sure you good. Okay, Yehuda, you ready?
1: should Protect.
2: Here we go.
4: Yoda, my friend. I heard about chinuch for the kids, and um, the word I think was how we mess up the kids or not. So I wanted to know if there's any, any um, standard uh, that you could speak about in a nutshell of what we, because every child is complicated and it takes a lot of time and effort for chinuch. What, what's that actually, what you believe and what's your opinion? Uh, is that we do that makes, is it high standards? Is it low standards that mess up the kid? And about um, children or in general, uh, answering questionnaires of other, I see that the Torah deals with not just one other, but many types of other in halacha, tumtuma, dreigenes. So it seems like the Torah not only could have easily ignored this because how many times do you go to shul and someone asks you this question, you know, should I put on film or not? Or which side of the mechitza should I sit on? <laughs> But the Torah, yeah. actually, the Torah actually takes the time and the Chachamim take the time to discuss this. Um, I, I doubt they're doing it because they dealt with this in a Shadul al- Tzachuvahs on a daily basis, must be the messages to teach us not to fall into the trap that we would believe that there's no other. But what do you mean by there is no other?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I heard, I, heard a, um, I think a couple of questions there. Um, I think I, the, the first question I think I more or less handled is that you don't drop your standards. Your standards are your, that is your covenant with God, your standards. You don't mess with that. And you, you those standards are what will give your kids a compass that points north for their entire lives. And you, you don't compromise on standards ever. And um, although one thing I wanted to add, Yehuda, is that it's important that whatever standards you're keeping, you know what they are. I mean, there's, I meet people, they can't tell the difference between a minhag, a, a halacha, a gazera, and a derisa. You know, they they just they they weren't educated properly. So it's really important that our kids understand that we're differentiating and distinguishing what a minhag is, what a halacha is, what a what a what a, a derisa is, and and where what a gzera is. You know, and so. And so that's number one. I want to say, just add that you should. I said have high standards, but also be able to distinguish them for your children, so your children have a clear view of Judaism. It's not just you know a shy list, you know, as they say, like like, like don't ask questions, we, which is what you tell people when you don't know what you're doing. You know, you just tell them a shailis So so you um, so we got to know what we're doing as Jews. You know, and, what, and to distinguish things properly. Um, regarding the other, what I meant by uh, as no other is that there is there is a binary nature to to reality. Um, there is uh, plants are male and female, fish are male and female, all animals, chayus bahamas all male and female, and human beings, with the exception of the androgynous, which are 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 male and male or female there is a genetic uh uh uh, person that can be born with both um both features and that as you so clearly said beautifully that there's halacha you know obviously um is discussing them as well and the the uh but because there's a binary nature to the world what's the word binary is it means there's Two, binary is two. So there's like, for example, in digital is uh, ones and zeros. Everything digital, even what you're hearing right now is all ones and zeros, it's a binary. And because the very creation's binary and because the, the left in, in their excitement of acceptance wants to wipe out the binary nature of reality to say there's, there's just no such thing as wrong or right. They've basically decided they're just gonna tear down the whole hierarchy of value. Altogether, why? Because of the hierarchy of competence turns to power and now there's, now there's gonna be people wielding power and, and they're gonna step on the lower people on the rung, those rungs of the ladder. And it's like, yeah, that's true. So we should probably change presidents every four years. Or, you know, I'm sure most Jews would prefer it be eight years this time. And, the, and you know, let's change that. We have built into the system to deal with power. And so that's a wonderful ha'ara, but let's not throw out like God's creation, which has been built with hierarchy of value. And there's, and we're, think about it, human beings are born for meaning. We're born for meaning. Like we make meaning out of this world. We are meaning making machines. And, and And therefore we also have to point for meaning that's higher and brings us more meaning and then lower that brings us less meaning. And so we can, you know, we can prioritize our time and our efforts and there, but there's, but the ultimate value is is good. And the ultimate devalue is bad. And that hierarchy of values is like, if you'll notice every civilization that's lost their hierarchy of values, God pulls the plug on them. You know, we have stories in the Torah of that. We have the flood. We have Sodom, Sodom and but it's many other civil, whole civilizations that's, that conquered the world at, point, at times. We're just, God just pulls the plug on them if they lose their the hierarchy of values.
2: Bianta, let's go. We have another live question. I want to turn it on. It's really your own.
1: Yeah, hi, Uh You had discussed earlier about
2: how uh, we, you know, experience life differently. Sometimes we're more present. And you had mentioned that story about somebody who Began being more present and suddenly saw his wife and children and kids in a whole different way. And I was wondering, is that something that we can turn on or off? And if yeah. yes, is something that we should be turning on or off? So, for example, there may be times where you maybe don't want to be present. If something as simple as being stuck in traffic or long grocery line or somebody is going through something that's stressful or maybe even worse, painful, then he may not want to be present. a defense mechanism may want to check out. So I guess the question is, is that possible? Can we choose to turn it on or off? Or do we have to decide just globally how we want to live our life? And if it's something that we can turn on or off, is it okay to turn it off or we're
1: uncomfortable? Or are we going to be losing out in those cases as well? Excellent questions, really. And and then the other question is, I thought you were going to ask, how do we sustain it? Like, you know, that's great. They all turned off their default mode network and now they're all experiential. But like, what about a week later, a month later? So. I thought you were going to ask that, but oh. they, so the question, the question is, is absolutely. You turn it on and off. I mean, believe me when a dentist comes after my gums with a needle, you know, it's like, what does that needle have to do with my gums? You know, I'm gone. I'm, I'm checking out now. And so I'll tell you the truth, surely you don't really, once you get experiential, you don't need to even check out. You'll check out naturally when the needle's coming for your gums. You just check out naturally. We, we check out, when, and it's called, there's actually a term for it whenever there's something traumatic like that. And women will have this at birth and stuff. And so that, that term is called, is called disassociation, where we disassociate. And that's one of the big reasons why, why there's so much work that needs to be done in our communities is because um, the torture that people went through in the war left people disassociated. Meaning, meaning there are three types of survivors. There are physical survivors. That's what I grew up, I grew up in California where all they did was survive physically, but they left everything back in Europe. Like they just, you know, the Holocaust was the nail in the coffin of Europe. It was the nail in the coffin of Yiddishkeit. It was the nail in the coffin of everything there, you know, leave it in Europe. And the survivors survived physically. The second kind of survivor, are the ones who built, you know, Brooklyn, you know, and, and eventually Lakewood and Muncie and all those places. And curious. You know, and the, um, the, they are physical survivors and spiritual survivors, meaning they're going to show those Nazi bastards and they're going to rebuild Judaism in the world. And they, they're going to show them, they built these and we're all, you realize we're all observant because of these people. There's no way I would have become a Balchuvah if it wasn't for. Or of Noach Weinberg, who grew up in 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 Flatbush, you know, no Weinbergs, no Yom Tov Glazers, yeah, and all of you have your own story of who survived the war with a iron fist Yiddish kite, <laughs> you know, which maybe some of you are just trying to get over right now, but uh, but it was like they gave us that we inherited a Yiddish kite that they gave us because of their, you know, their 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 tremendous sh- uh, fight that they they were showing. The third type, type of survivor are very rare, very rare, where they survive physically. They survived spiritually with their Yiddish kite, but they also survived with themselves intact. There's an eye. I have an eye. And and you will, you'll meet. I meet people. I've met people from Lakewood, uh, from Muncie, from from Williamsburg. Who never heard their own parents say, I love you. Because if, if you don't have an I, I'm not talking about the young generation. I'm talking about people in their forties today. Because if you don't have an I, how do you say, I love you? How do you say those three words? And so I once asked a group of a uh, 40 year olds. I said, I had a group of uh, 30 of these guys. I said, when was the last time any of you said, I love you to your wife? And so one of them said 10 years ago and everyone else was like very impressed. They're like, not bad, not bad one of them raised his hand and said i told her on our wedding night i love you and if anything changes i'll let you know (laughs) so anyway one of the guys says 10 years ago but he says rabbi you're not gonna believe what i said to her i'm like what do you mean i just asked you did you say i love you you know he says no i i said you are loved it's like general you're you're loved you know we're not sure who loves you it might be you know the the lady in the checkout stand but anyway so you gotta have an I to have I love you and, and that self-reference. And so, Thanks, you know, yeah.
2: Wrap it up, cause I have a few good questions over there coming in. I wanna, I wanna cover ground over here, it's getting late.
1: Okay, Usha, I just wanna share one funny story. Okay. Is I was talking, I was trying to find the eye. I. I was teaching 17, um, 17 uh, Dianim. You know, I, I had uh, I had a bunch of Dianim come to, uh, to work with me and in workshop and I just couldn't get through to any of them to find the eye because they were all older, you know, from that European upbringing. And uh, anyway, so I was, I was just trying any, so I finally said to them, I'm like, do any of you like have, did you ever have a bad experience when you were a kid? And so one of the one of the um, elderly ones and the more, uh, you know, the biggest of all the rabbis there, he said, he, said uh, he raised his hand. He says, yeah, his father passed away when he was like 12. And I said, so what'd you say, you know, what'd you say? And he says to me, looks up at me like a hater boy. He's like, I said, Kadesh. And I'm like, I'm like, no, what'd you say inside? Like, who are you, man? I was, it was like two hours with him already. I was going nuts. I was like trying to find them inside. You know, and I'm like, who are you? Who are you? And he finally holds up a triangular sandwich, you know, wrap, you know, those wrappers, wrap sandwiches packaged. And he shows it to me. And he says, this is who I am. And... I look at the sandwich and I'm like, you're a sandwich. And then he points to the fine print on the sandwich and it's his name, he's the Rava on the sandwich. This is who I am. And there was like such a heavy feeling in the air. So heavy. Yeah, Usher, go ahead. I think Are you glad I told back, the story?
0: Usher, before we got to the last question, I think we should go back because a beyond of is a middle explaining how it goes from a child. You make your, your, your create your story and then you justify your story and you're basically in your box and you have your survival strategy or maybe you can elaborate on that and help us understand how does a person know if he's living with that story or maybe he's not. How do you know he, if he created a story around it, around himself and he's just trying to survive or maybe he is surviving how would a person know that and maybe you could share with us a little bit that you mentioned that you started doing things i'll mention that everybody knows about the surfing and then when you found out that it was all a survival strategy and then you were like boom <laughs>
1: uh, so so it's um so there's ways of knowing. So again, the, what we call the the belief about ourselves—that's called the inner negative belief—and that's all the sixty thousand thoughts throughout the day. And then what we do is we cover them up with this external personality that, that are—that's either fight or flight. We mentioned shy versus uh, you know dominating and cool or the masme or the Kadosh. A you, know, kind of, you can yeah, become a Rava Maksha
0: <laughs> to survive.
1: Right. Exactly. So so the. Um, So how you know it's real is, how you know it's authentic, like actual genuine, and how you know it's just your bluff, like this move you made, a chess move, is a couple of things. One is how people interact with you, how successful, because this is like literally the key for success. Because when you're burning clean fuel and it's genuine and authentic, people just are so excited to be around you. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed Coach Menachem. You have a magnetism that's coming from a very genuine place. And Thank people you. just light up. I walked through Jerusalem with a mask on. Like, I just walked through town because I was getting my hairs cut. I call it a hairs cut usher because no one ever got one haircut. So I was walking through town to get my hairs cut on, on uh, you know, the Arab Shabbos. i And with my mask, I have not been in public at all, you know, since I flew back, you know, barely been. I haven't really walked through town during the day at least. And And I'm going through town and... Everyone, random people are like smiling just from my eyes are smiling at me. You get that feedback when it's genuine, when it's real. But here's the, here's the, you don't have to wait for others. You can just simply realize how exhausted are you at the end of a day. You should be energized. You should be energized when you're generating from clean being. Because think about it, those thoughts, those negative beliefs, that's our being as opposed to the doing, which is the fight and flight, what I do. So there's being and there's doing. And so if my doing is a cover-up for rotten being, so that means I'm all that doing, and, and ladies and gentlemen, does doing take effort? You bet it takes effort. So you're like putting out all this effort. Well, effort's got to come from some energy. Where's it coming from? Covering up something that's like, yee. You know, it's negative things. And so what happens is you get exhausted. And also I mentioned the holding. You don't know how to drop it. It's not just there's micro muscles, uh, all kinds of parts of our body. So you're holding um, the immune systems uh, shut down, uh, meaning meaning often catching colds or whatever, um, generally exhausted, um, um, specifically exhausted when, um, when you're being called into action by, by your job or different situations. Um, you find that you're taking more than giving. And and I realized one day and it was only because I would never have discovered any of this except it all that unacceptable attack my colon. And I literally was was like I was lined up for surgery to have my colon removed. I was 33 years old and the embarrassing thing that happened to me at 10 years old. Uh, took, you know, and, and it, by the way, it happened in the bathroom and it, this crazy thing is that I didn't leave the bathroom for 23 years you know that humiliating thing was just a stupid thing it was the the girl three years older walked in the men's bathroom by accident and for some reason that was just so humiliating to me and 23 years later i stepped out of that bathroom for the first time and i would never have stepped out of that i would have stayed in my you know because by that was when i was 10 by the time i was 11 i was a lead singer lead guitar player of a band taught myself how to drive when my parents were asleep and uh and i just like was I was life in the fast lane for years. I was the coolest guy ever. When I got to Torah, cool. These days, being cool in yeshiva is cool. In those days, 91, being cool in yeshiva was like it had no currency. It's like trying to buy a Starbucks coffee with a 20 shekel bill. You know, it's like they, you, they, you can't sell it. They, I'm sorry, you can't buy it with 20 shekels in the Starbucks in, Amer- in the JFK. So, so I had no currency for the first time in my life because California, surfer is cool. Asia in '91. It was not cool, and so, so I just became a Masmi. But then, like a few years later, three years later, I realized the Hasidic world. And there's, there's a whole other population of Jews that still think I'm a guy, and so, and so the next thing you know, it's just like, <sighs> Suddenly I'm like a boom, you know, like 45 minutes boom, you know, who needs, who needs lunch when there's Mincha, you know, and right. Usher, Who needs lunch when there's Mincha. And, and so, and so I just become this, you know, kadosh guy. And, uh, and then, and then I get smicha cause I, like put the cherry on top. Now I can go be a professional, professional attention vampire. While ignoring my wife and kids, I'm flying around the world. God's gift to Kiruv, very close to Rav Noah Weinberg. And I'm just like reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. Except, ladies and gentlemen, am I giving or taking when I'm teaching a class? Giving or taking, Coach Menachem? Which one? Well, In that I know. Scenario? I know it's taking. It's taking. And when I was playing concerts, I'm playing big concerts, you know, every taking. week, and taking a concert. I'm not giving a concert. I'm taking a concert, and I'm coming out exhausted. And and our, the weak part of our body usually takes it on. And for me, that was the colon, and. And I, I was bearing all the weight in my in my digestive system. I was I couldn't de- eat anything anymore. I mean, by the time I was thirty three, I couldn't digest nothing. I could I could digest water. And and by the way, I was bubble wrap growing up. I was raised in a mansion in California. Like nothing ever went wrong. You understand? The closest pedophile was like eleven zip codes away. You know, like we lived in the Garden of Eden over there. But it doesn't matter how you grow up. Your fertile mind starts telling you things about yourself. And it, it, like you could be raised in the perfect like for example, Coach Menachem shared with us, like he was raised also in his own Garden of Eden over there in the in the beautiful. It's funny. Next week over the Brody, Garden
2: of Eden. Just happens to be funny.
1: Oh yeah, right. And uh anyway, so we have been um, So basically, we, so,
2: I, remember, so I just to yeah, so basically you're saying when you feel like you're exhausted at the end of the day, or you feel like your, your inner self, you're not simply, you're not happy. You don't have that energy. It means that you're using all your shades to cover up everything and it's exhausting and you feel like you're really not accomplishing. Am I correct? Is that is that That's summary? right.
1: And, and yeah, it's very good summary. And, vi- and also vibrationally, things, are, you're not getting that seata deshmayah. Like right. uh, uh, there's incredible success that's right. available to the vest. And that's what we started with, right? When Coach Menachem okay. gave okay, it okay. to me. Now you. we got that. Let's, hey. let's, let's, let's take yeah. one second. Right. We
0: got that. Wait, uh, Usher. Just make sure we have time for the meditation. Hey,
2: no, but that's that's the first part. <laughs> let me take a live question, and then we're gonna go back to the next step. Okay, take, put on Jeremy. Jeremy.
5: Hello, hello. How are hey. you, Jeremy? I'm
2: You're I'm there, seeing everybody. you.
5: I, I'm I'm not seeing the rabbi. I gotta find the rabbi so I can look. Do you
2: know there. who you are. Do you know who you are?
5: <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, there you are, Rabbi. Okay. Thank you for taking my question, okay? Hit
2: them hard. Um,
5: there's a lot, there's a lot here. So I've been watching for like, uh, I think it's an hour and a half now. Um, there's a lot. So anyway, I have a few things. First of all, you mentioned you're bringing a program to Lakewood. I just want to throw it at you. I checked out your website. I don't see the dates there or sure. information for the introduction. So if you could share it at some point in this tomorrow. program. We'll send it out that. tomorrow. Very good, perfect. Okay. Um, you're saying a lot. I want to go back to what Coach Benachem said in the beginning, and I, I pretty much quote verbatim. Last week, we had Rabbi Rubashkin. He spoke to us about Amuna and bitachon. This week, we're going to have Rabbi Yomtov Glazer. He's going to, I forgot the exact words, but basically walk us through life, all of the, the minutes, right? And then I'm going to pause my video. I'm going to look at that flyer. Live the life you've always wanted to live, Rabbi Yomtov Glazer. And you're, you're throwing out a lot of information, which is awesome. Bring me back to, please, live the life you've always wanted to live. And bring me back to what Coach Wadahim said at the beginning, Rabbi Glazer is going to walk us through day to day. Um, I've taken similar programs. I'm stuck in between if you're selling a product here, which I know your product is awesome, or it's like this regular shear that we're used to. And I just want, I don't want you to give closing statements because we do that at the end but I, I want you to tell me like you know give it to me right here what am i walking away with kind of cuz i'm getting a lot and it's overwhelming you know what i'm saying <laughs>
1: uh, yeah i'm i i mean i'm i'm trying to isolate the question exactly but um and and I mean, for I mean, sure I mean, yeah and um and for sure the the and that when you mention i'm selling something i i am for sure um, what I'm what I'm selling ultimately is the possible you. You, um, Menachem is your first name. Jeremy. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. What's your Hebrew name? Your Mio?
5: Yisrael Yitzchak.
1: Yisrael Yitzchak. I'm selling the possible you, y- meaning you, and and
5: yeah. And so I, I I have to, I don't want to interrupt you. I took I'm a landmark graduate, so a lot of what uh-huh. you're saying sounds very familiar. And I'm yeah. trying to like, I want to walk away with something. And I'm like, okay, this is very familiar. This is cool. And we cover a lot of ground. And I'm like, okay, like Monday morning. Like I'll go to bed now. I'll wake up tomorrow morning. What do we have? That's what I, that's what I want to get at.
2: I like, should have saved go- you. Hey, Jeremy, I should have saved you for the last question. Cause I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting into it. We're finally starting to get into it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, except, except I'd, I'd like to hear you or Menachem tell me what his actual question is. Because meaning he keeps saying like, okay, I wake up tomorrow morning, what do I have? But I'm, I'm not well, sure exactly Oshie, keep, what he Keep he him asked.
0: open for the end. Keep him open so we can hear what he took out and hopefully Stay we'll on.
2: fix him up. Stay on. The first thing that you learn, yeah. one second. The first thing you learn is do you feel your energy level at the end of the day? Do you feel positive? Do you feel knocked out? Do you feel have no more energy? Do you feel the positive vibrations? What do you feel? That's the first question.
5: For, question for me? For you. Don't, don't answer it We'll come back oh, at the dead? End. No, he wants me to answer dead at the answer. end of the day. Totally wiped out. What's the question?
1: Okay, uh-huh. good. Okay. So no, but I've I tried
5: to differentiate what I would get. I understand he has a program, Rabbi Glazer, right? There, that's a whole training. I've done trainings. I get it. And then there's like just tonight, like practical applications. Like, hey, I think you can do X, Y, and Z. Like, this is what I think is what's up. And two hours, because obviously you can't give your whole program in two hours, right? So I'm just yeah. trying to grasp, and I'm not—I'm not grasping. That's all. I'm getting a whole bunch of different things, which I've known about stories and trauma and past and parents and you know—I <laughs> know a lot of that. And uh-huh. like you know,
1: I'm okay, sorry if my
5: question isn't clear.
1: Yeah, it's okay. Um, um, so I—I I think I'll say a couple things. Um, number one is—is is that the the default mode network doesn't go down uh, doesn't go down easy, um, so certainly as you said very well, Jeremy, that that these two hours it's uh, it's not going to be uh, you know you're, it, it's not going to put down its guard in these two hours. All I'm doing in these two hours is just p- kind of putting putting the 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 prize out that you can live the life you you want, and that's what's in the title is live the life you want. So that I have have as the title, because you can live that. Um, the, but the other thing is that there's a, there's a term called integration. And integration means that, that that like for example, if I hook my phone up to my stereo system in my car with the Bluetooth, so now my phone's now part of that stereo. It's been integrated into the whole system. And it now works that way. Now, when you go to, oh, so, so going back, now the possible you Works and, and like other trainings, only this one's. Uh, I'd like to distinguish this from other trainings. But what happens is all trainings where you're doing personal transformation are multi day in a row. It has to be multi day in the row because the only way to get your default mode network to go quiet is to have you not re fortified each day. See, if it was once a week, you just come back re armed. With your way of being in the world, because we put our way of being into the world, and the and so we need to have it day after day after day. Beretsif. Now, now there's there's other issues though, and one of them is um, there's many people with with extreme pain, and and so meaning there's a lot of pain inside, and so what happens is often in these large group trainings there's not the option for that. Um, there's just not the option for the, for the release of that, the emotional toxins. So one of the things that distinguishes the possible you is we do allow for, um, the program actually brings you, I don't know if you remember, Coach Menachem, some of the intensities in the in the dark in there, but we do allow for the intense emotional cleansing. And, and by the way, we've taken that all the way up many notches because there's a, uh, I, I got to myself experience some seminars that worked specifically on the emotional toxins. So I was thinking like, Hey, I already got these guys and gals with me for four days. Like we might as well turn up the volume on day three. And, and by the way, day three is the magic day. Like for example, in the U S government, the CIA, when they're I'm you know, Reverend,
2: sorry for cutting you off, I'm sorry, I'm just getting a lot of texts. We got to stay on focus because people aren't saying that you're all over the place. I want to stay on focus and clear.
1: No problem. The last thing I want to say is just integration is that Jews, um, when you have someone who's an observant Jew training you Mm -hmm. and you live in an observant community and it's all in context, your ability to integrate it later is much higher than if you're going out to some foreign thing and then you're coming back to your dysfunctional family or whatever it is. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like there's like two worlds going on. There's that world over there. And, and then there's this world. So, so the eye the throughout the possible you is on integration afterwards.
2: Think, uh,
1: Osher, you got another
2: question? is going. So,
0: so basically, there could be that uh, successful lawyer out there that went to school for many years, and you're telling him now that all of this could be because of whenever he picked up, that he was not enough, and didn't feel good about himself. And he decided that he's gonna show the world and he's taking this survival strategy and he became a big lawyer. And you're gonna tell now this lawyer, um, let me talk to you for a minute. Do you realize that this the only reason why you're really a lawyer is because you, you don't feel good about yourself and you're trying to cover it up so to show the world that you're a successful lawyer. So number one, uh, where? What do you want him to do? Should he stop, or would you tell him this straight out? It's very scary mm-hmm. for a person to hear all everything he put in for many years and years. Koifus, and you're gonna yeah. tell him now it was all for not really it was a
1: cover up. It was yeah. a cover up. How, do, how does so, that work? So listen to this. Here's there's an amazing question that comes up when if you tell the lawyer. He just, was, you know, he just spent all this time covering up some stupid thing and who knows, you know, the thing he was saying wasn't even true, by the way. It's an inner negative belief. It's not even true. It's just some belief. So, so here's, here's the thing is when you, it causes a question in the person and you'll ask that question automatically since your mics are on, Coach Menachem and Osher, um, ask the question. I know exactly what question you're going to ask. If I'm not those stupid beliefs about myself and therefore, <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, wait, listen, if I'm not the stupid beliefs, I, I say it to myself. And I'm not the cover up that I say to everyone else. What's the obvious question, gentlemen?
2: Who am I?
1: Who am I? By the so way, Robert,
2: have, we got a lot of questions. People are texting. How do I know who I am?
1: Right. So then you get to this who am I moment. That who am I moment is where you now have the canvas to paint on. Now you can paint something. Now. He asked him, Coach Menachem asked about lawyers. So in the end, the guy wakes up Monday and goes into the law office, only all of a sudden he notices that everyone's like coming up to him and saying like, how are you? How's, you know, what's up? How's the family? He's like, why is everyone asking me about my family? Like, like I've been working with these people for 12 years. No one ever asked me anything about my family. And, And why am I getting all these, how are you's? So the answer is go back to work. See, I learned guitar. I learned that guitar basically that people should think I'm, I'm worth having around, you know, that I'm a, a, you know, the cool guy. Tell me, should I quit playing guitar? The, the, I choose now to play guitar as opposed, meaning I get to do it lishma. now. Everyone listen carefully. There's no reward in the next world for anything that's not done by Emmes. It's called Olamah Emmes for a reason. Because it's only what you do, emis. in your doing world, only what you do by emis is what you get, reap the reward of. And if your whole life is just cover-ups, so then there's no schar there. And the only one who gets any schar is women, because, they, because they're always doing kindness all day, raising families. And kindness doesn't require kavana. Everything else, mitzvah, tzorichah, kavana. And talmud Torah, all that terror just stays in this world. If you're the reason you're a Masmi, the, the Dayan or whatever you are, is all has been a cover up. So what I'm ultimately giving people is not just this world, but the not, not I'm giving it, but when I'm facilitating, I'm, what I'm facilitating is not just this world, it's the next world. Because you now, now you go back and learn all that Torah and it actually comes down all peak all, If you Chazer Torah all the Torah that got locked into this world gets released. Meaning every time you learn that Masakta comes out now. If you go back and review the Masek del it's something a lot of people don't know. It's a Kabbalah, in Kabbalah it's taught and it's a very clear, clear Kabbalah. Is is there anything a person
0: could do? Anything a person could do, let's go down to a little practical. What should a person do? How does he start realizing it and start tweaking, changing? You're telling him not to stop. He should go back to work. But what changes now?
1: Yeah. Just go back to work, but, but uh, let your go with clean energy back into law. Now there are people who, sh- who should shift career, but it's rare. Cause there, there's also there's people have a, a, there's a ruach devarim in people like this. We don't wind up in our situation. Some people have settled in their, in what they do during their day. There are people who have settled and they may actually uproot what they do and, and go do what they're dreaming of and live a life they dream of, but, but in the doing. But I would say most people just stick with what they're doing because they're they're. Ha- as Usher asked the question, who are we? You know, who are we? And people want to know, well, then who am I really? So I, I discovered um, four things we every person is. Want to hear the four things? Four things are, one is your neshama. Number two, the beautiful child personality, which will be part of our meditation is you get back your beautiful child. Number three is you have, everyone has divine settings. You know, Coach Menachem, you didn't randomly wind up Coach Menachem. This is part of your settings. And I have my own setting that are unique. And Usher's got his settings for
2: sure. Oh boy, do I got my settings.
1: <laughs> so these are divine settings. And, and there's, um, and by the way, Coach Menachem's settings are similar to mine. And we're both, I, I, there's actually, I, there's, there's, those settings are called, his settings are Chagas. Which are chesgu And your settings, Osher, are nahi, are netzach hojisod settings. And you're a netzach you're guy, by the way. And, um, yeah. Which book and, should uh, I read
0: that in? Where should I pick that up from? Good
1: luck, man. It's from years and years in English, of chaburas. What that that what's that? What does it mean in English, what you just said? Chaburas? Years of chaburas? No, no, netzach. Nahi, <laughs> nahi. oh. Yeah, nahi, nahi, well, it's basically, there's chachma bina das, which is um, in, intellectuals. Those are called ones, because it's the top of your body. Well, that's Menachem's a, a two, I'm a two. That's to uh, feris, and that's interpersonals. They all begin with I, intellectuals, interpersonals, and then instinctuals. Like, you're the kind of guy I'd like to drink a shot. Usher, with you, I'd like to drink a shot while eating chon, yeah? <laughs> okay, so you're a, you're a nahinic. And Nihenix are a blast. All my best friends are Nahinix. And uh, there was actually one of them was on from Borough Park. I saw him in the corner of my screen. It was, it was like my best friend. And like, we, we just, we lo- love to schmooze together and drink a delicious beer together. He's a Nahinik. And all my mountain biking surfings, because I'm a two, three, one. I'm mostly interpersonal. Then I'm instinctual. You're, Menachem, Coach Menachem, you're a two, one, three. So you're, you're mostly interpersonal. Then you'd love to get yourself into the ideas. And then, and then, then you'll eat, your are you know, and you're only going to eat a little. So, so the, um, the, point, um, the, point
2: I want to bring out a point over here. Cause I want to, we're going to get off track. I want to stay on track over here. The point I want to bring <laughs> is that, is that me, myself, I want to bring myself personally into it. Cause if I bring myself personally, I could talk to you. I don't care that other 300 people are here. I'm talking about myself. There are times <laughs> going back a few months ago, I felt there was so much more I could do internally and be so much more, but I felt like I didn't have the, so I didn't even know how to go about it. Okay. So I'm assuming, because I feel like that, of course, the whole world has to feel like that because everybody feels like me. So if that's the case, people that feel like that, you feel like I'm working in a grocery store, I have a job that pays me $80,000 a year, I barely cover my bills, I have a mediocre marriage, I have mediocre everything, but I feel I have internal koichas, or I know that I could be so much more, I don't know how to attain it. What is a person who has those koichas, how does he first find out, A, what he could attain, or what he should attain and B, how does he start baby steps to actually get there?
1: talking to so, me yeah i'm talking to you so the so Usher, oh, okay. Usher, i'm going to share with you a little secret and that is that our job is what and god's job is how okay now with those kohos and and by the way we're on that we 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 were not we were not uh, off track by the way we were, i was talking about neshama then personality and then kohos and nefesh okay so no, we're on kohos and nefesh um the fourth by the way just to give it because i never got to the fourth is of who we are is whoever they need me to be. And that's number four is the fun one. I call it the shapeshifter. Where are like, oh, oh, the stewardess is too short to close all the overhead compartments before the flight. So who I am is helpful. That's my being, I'm helpful. And then what I do is I close all the compartments for her. I don't just sit there like a rabbi, you know, because everyone else is ignoring her. And I'm noticing that she's just not really reaching this thing. So that's number four is the shape shifter what we we do a mantra in the seminar whoever god calls me into being i am because god's constantly sending us new challenges that we got to do but in answer to your question usher we're back to kohos and nefesh stage three of who we are and and that is i got all these kohos but i got a mediocre this and a mediocre that and a mediocre everything and i've got these kohos so what i said to you was that our job is always what not how And all I've got to do is commit to what? All I do is commit to what? Like today I was, I had a buffer over today and he says to me um, that he's found the girl that he wants to marry and he's already told her he wants to marry her, but he hasn't asked her to marry her. And I, and I said to him, well, what are you waiting for? And he says, well, you know, I haven't really figured out my parnosia yet and I'm not sure where I want to live and a, and a couple other details that are all logisticals. And I said to him, don't you understand logistics follow commitment? logistics is the how the commitment is the what logistics follows commitments you commit i promise you you'll have siata dashamaya that's what we call in the seminar in the possible you is large siata dashamaya lsd is large siata Dishmaya. you 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 go you say you say what you're committed to and then the siata dashamaya starts coming into your life so my answer for the mr mediocre question is you just commit to something, put and go all in. You got to go all in. You got to do the nakshon. Ben Aminadov man. You jump in there and, they, and because God favors committed people. God push it, favors committed people. There, our, our rabbis bring down, Chazal bring down, there's two worlds. There's an Oilem Ateva and there's an Oilem Apele. Olam Ateva is just the natural world. That's where everyone else lives. That's the me- Mr. Mediocre. Yeah, you work your 10 hours a day in your market. You get your $80,000. You know, it's tit for tat. You, you, this for that. You know, it's, it's, uh, it is a natural life. You know, you, you, you work for this, you get that. But then there's called olamapela. You know, what the word "pella" means wonder. Well, olamapela is wonder world. You can live in wonder world and what's wonder world wonder world's where you get all in you like get fully in and you burn your bridges on the exit there's no exits yeah i'm getting rid of my exits i can't get out of this you want to hear about see De i live in yershalaim in a place called Bate Breide. my makam kavua is I, I somehow won uh getting rabzundel kreuzer's makam kavua so that's that's my makam kavua in show and and it's where the old old like perushim you know the Nusach ashkenaz you know your shalomies are i can introduce you to your shalomie after your shalomie after your shalomie with you know big white beards i mean they actually look about 30 years older than they are and they and they have they have married off 14 kids and bought every single one of them a home and you want to know how they did that how did they do that and the answer is commitment because when you have 14 kids you need an exit plan you know, it's not like the Americans with a 1.2 kid, you know, and you, you can imagine what the 0.2 kid looks like. And the, they got their 1.2 kid where, the, where their 38 year old son is still in his baby boy, boy blue room upstairs, you know, with long hair and, you know, pale skin because he hasn't seen the sun playing, playing video games. You know, like when you have 14 kids, you need an exit plan, man. Those kids are coming in, they're going out too. And because you got to get those kids out, you got. You're fully committed, and when you're fully committed, you are, you are just like gonna have siat the dishmaya let go back to. Lo Question:
2: Menachem, versus actually doing something. Emuna betachem versus How does that play out in this?
1: So, so when I say you you decide on the what, you have to make even the smallest moves. You don't have to do much. When you get all behind something, you get all in, and you burn your bridges out. You don't have to actually do much. You can just let it happen. I mean, crazy stuff happens. I just had, a, you know, I just had, I, I just had a full rebranding that costs like ten thousand dollars to have a full rebranding. Free. I had a free full rebranding, like that. Boom. It was just Seattle de Maya. Cause, cause, cause I'm so all in. And I tell you, I'll tell you the truth. I was standing in front of a seminar like a year ago. I'm standing in front of all these guys, everyone in the room got to share where they're stuck. Not everyone had to share fully, you know, some people were like, well, I'm stuck in uh, you know, I'd like to make more money. So you know, in, in other words, pass, you know, he didn't want to really share, which is fine. Not everyone has to share who has time for everyone to share. anyway? So, so anyway, when it got to me, I said, you know, so I'm, you know, I commit to the seminar and everything, and my name's Yom Anyway, but one of the guys said, What do you want it? Where do you want it? Like, what's your, where are you stuck, Rabbi? And I'm leading the seminar. And so I closed my eyes. And I said, You know what? I'll tell you, what, I, I, there's a lot of places I'm stuck, but one place I'm stuck now that I can see I'm stuck is that I am not, I am there's something holding me back. There's some belief inside of me that I'm not going all in when it comes to marketing my seminar. I promise you, I'm only on here right now because of that statement, because of that seminar, and I cried in there in front of everybody, and I'm leading the seminar, but I got in touch with what that was. that was. That was holding me back and what was the belief about myself and how I was covering it up. And, and I totally caught it and i i exposed myself in front of the whole group which is what i'm asking them to do so i like you know who am i to ask them to do this if i'm not going to do it and the next thing i know it's like god just squeezed like a giant gallon of lubrication on my career he just like like dumped a bucket of lube onto my career and and out of nowhere stuff started happening and that's how i'm that's how i'm even on this show right now, this is all part of this crazy thing I'm on. Just, just today I ran an intro to my to the possibly Zoom webinar, which is by the way, ladies starts tomorrow, 11 a.m. RabbiYomTov.com. Monday, um, Monday, Monday, yeah, Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern. You mean today? Tre- so, yeah. Oh, my day. Yeah, it's sunny out right now. So, anyway, tomorrow, at 11 a.m. am It's two hours a day, 11 to 1. Sunday, Monday, uh, sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, and. Um, we're going to go into the following week. So, so I was at an intro today. One of the women who's like found me, she's like, you just can't believe how I found you online. Anyway, what does she do? She has been running. She told all the women in the group, she said, I, I've been running webinars longer than you're alive. Meaning since internet, she's been running webinars. So what's my new career webinars, except, what do I know about running webinars? Except you know whatever I've learned by hook or crook since since Corona started, and of course now like now you know the full rebranding. Now I've got a a, a woman who's like this is her, you know this is her bread and butter, and it just keeps happening like that. I just got like the best flyer maker ever out of nowhere. Just started sending me flyers, and I'm like, who are you? You know you hire flyer makers. You know you don't you don't just like get flyers in your emails that, uh, you know, he was just like, what's your next event? And I'm like, I just write you know, well, on such and such a date, there's gonna be a this, and he's like, two hours later, another flyer. You couldn't pay the guy. And you couldn't pay the guy. Finally, my, my, the manager runs my, my whole company, finally just says, listen, we don't know who you are, but we're paying you. So just like, send us your bank details.
0: Oh, Usher, sure, you know so what he's I- talking about. You've had I know you don't we- You don't have to share, you don't have to share. All right, let's go.
2: <laughs> okay, one second. Let's do it like this. We have an, another live question. Rabbi have a lot of people are asking for the meditation. Everybody wants to try it. Nobody, most people here tonight did not try meditate. What? Let's, let's do a live question for us. Put it on, Chaya.
5: Oh me. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you. Well, let me just turn this off here. Oh, what are you talking, about, you know, about trying to accomplish and do more, but you said the person may feel they leave a mediocre life. Well, it, it still is responsible. Whether they have kids or whatever, they're paying their bills. There, there's still the things. You know, the, I'm a little skeptical of someone to <laughs> do anything in the Shia of the You know, the doors are magically open. But what about you know, curveballs,
2: things <laughs> you know, on the field? Somebody is sick. You know, you yeah. have you know a big you know. Some build what, to- about the, what about the risks that when you start opening up those doors, you start taking those risks? Yeah, the risks right. that you have. It doesn't come, yeah. in, I
5: don't think everything just comes easily even with faith. Because
2: you're
1: right. going so, these
5: situations
1: you know, these situations. Yeah. yeah, so Chayasara, I actually recommend to people not to change anything. So I'm, I'm totally with you. When When we're in the seminar and I've got all these graduates who are like, I call it seminar high, they're all on like seminar high. So I tell all those people. Doesn't everybody come out
2: of the seminar and quit their job right away? Isn't that the first thing that happens?
1: Right, right. I tell them like, no one's getting divorced in the next two weeks. No one's getting married in the next, no getting engaged, no changing, you know, no, you know. So hi, sorry, you're speaking beautifully. That's exactly very wise what you're sharing. And and yes, don't make any big moves on seminar high. Um, What you must do is continue integrating the cleaning out of negativities of how we in our self-talk, you continue cleaning out your negative self-talk and you really, hi, hi, sorry, something very interesting, you really don't have to do much. That's what I was saying before, you don't have to do much. You just start seeing things unfold differently all of a sudden. And, and then that will take you eventually to a totally new place and without being irresponsible whatsoever. So yeah, we are not discussing being irresponsible. We are talking about an organic growth, an organic flow that leads to more and more, um, more and more bracha uh, in your life? Very good question. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I don't like the term mediocre usher because, you know what? My, my Rebbe says that you're allowed to just make a living working in a market. That's cool. Just make sure that you're spending, um, make sure you're spending uh, the, the off time involved in the in your dreams in your dreams he says he says listen some people learn how to monetize their dreams i just finished i'm running a i have a program called sundays live with rabbi yomtov and don't worry it doesn't conflict at this time it's a daytime thing but it's called sundays live and um we just finished the month called desire meaning uh, motivating into your what you want in life and this month we're doing we just started love um, amazing. We're doing five weeks of love, which is good for tuba of. um, the whole month of, Av uh, into LL is going to be love. And, uh, and we're really like taking it apart. And I, I suggest highly suggest joining Sunday's live. It's uh, it's two hours every Sunday. It's a webinar. So, um, what I wanted to say about that is that, um, I was training people how to monetize their dreams. But, but my Rebbe said that not everyone has to monetize their dreams. You know, you can, you can work in a market and have your dreams on the side, which is perfectly fine. You can be a lawyer. You can be a doctor and a dentist. You can be cleaning people's teeth all day while still, while still contributing f- tremendously. In, in, but you do need to find your contribution. And sadly, so many people don't know what their contribution is. And so that's the kind of work I'm doing in Sunday's Live, um, that webinar that, that webinars Amazing. about that.
2: A big laser, Glazer, a lot of people text me. They want to see what meditation is. They never did any meditation. Before you do it, <laughs> explain us what it is. What are we supposed to be thinking? And let's let's give it a shot. I want to try it.
1: <laughs>
2: Tell <laughs> us what we okay. think. What's the point? And then let's, let's do it.
1: Okay. Um, I just want to share just a, a little bit of logistics if people want more of me. And not everything costs money with me. I'm actually a rabbi who does tons and tons of stuff for free and deal with every kind of crisis. I actually give my WhatsApp number unlike everyone else because I've literally, every year I can tell you there's lives that are, people are alive today because I gave out my WhatsApp number. You know, I, um, so by the way, my WhatsApp number is plus nine seven two five two eight three four four, six, six, four. I am one of the busiest people I know. So make sure it's important, but I, but, oh, by the way, my language of love is words. So if you grow from anything I ever did or said, please send that WhatsApp. You never know. I can wake up. I'm a very spiritual person, which means high waves. So you never know. I could be on a, in a trough. Anybody has
2: any questions? Get your, you can
1: email what's
2: that? or respond to the email. We'll forward it to you and you can respond back. We'll, we'll put them in touch Thank you very
1: much. Yeah. So my, my email is uh, rabbi am uh, sorry, rabbi at rabbiyomtov.com. My website's raviomtov.com. And, uh, and again, my WhatsApp's plus 972528344664. Women's seminar tomorrow. Oh, uh, Lakewood seminar, so excited. Um, is, and the flyer guy sent me a flyer that actually like comes, like it, it works while you're looking at the flyer. Stuff starts popping on and stuff. I mean, this guy's super high tech. Anyway, that's at Lakewood, uh, August 30th. Thursday will be an intro. For, uh, for everybody. A picture, um, everybody. Look at the picture. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Muncie's August thir- Muncie's August twenty third to the twenty seventh. Uh, Lakewood's August thirtieth to the third. Um, uh, we the location to be announced. I'm working out the location, and the uh, there will be an. I'm gonna do a full intro. Um, it'll be men and women invited. Um, the men's and women's seminars are separate. The men's seminars are all day Sunday. Sunday is Shabbos Shani Shabbat Gullias. And, uh, and so it's all day Sunday, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights It's after all non-work hours. Um, and then the women's seminar is daily. It's gonna be 10 a.m. to four, 10 a.m. To four every day. Um, uh, you know, each day for four days. So okay. Monday, Tuesday
2: logistics? Let's talk about med- meditation.
1: What is it? Let me get my little meditation device here. So meditation, and uh, the word literally means... The word the word meditation means. The word meditation means um, to. It means to focus on one thing at a time. Now, what does that mean to focus on one thing at a time? Well, you'll notice that you have a runaway train brain. That's not interested at focusing on one thing at a time. As I said earlier, you think sixty thousand thoughts an hour. So your runaway brain train is not interested in that and try to focus on Shmona Esrei. That's a meditation. That is our silent meditation. And we've got out loud meditations and we've got uh, the, uh, there are recorded 26 different types of meditation in Judaism. Anyway, so, but what meditation means is thinking one thing at a time. And uh, meaning is focusing on one thing. Well, what does that mean, focusing on one thing? My brain goes everywhere. So the answer is that I keep bringing it back and bringing it back. See, my mouth, let's say you're in prayer, my mouth's saying this, my brain's like over there, now it's over there, now it's over there, now it's over there. What is kavana? The word kavana in modern Hebrew means to align. In ancient Hebrew, it means to align. I know we use it as intention, but it literally means to align. Like if I bring my car in to align the wheel, I ask for kavana. You know, I tell the gar- garage guy, please give me kavana which means align the wheel with the tires. So, uh, what is Kavana? It's where my brain, I I reel in my brain like some fish. I reel it in to be in line with, with that which I'm saying with my mouth. That's Kavana, okay? And that's meditation is reeling in my brain. Now in meditation, you may not be saying anything like our meditation I'm gonna lead you in. We won't be saying anything.
2: What should we be thinking?
1: Well, what your job is, this is a guided, it's guided imagery, so I'm gonna be guiding you. And now your brain's gonna be like, yeah, that's nice. I'm gonna, you're gonna be guiding me and I'm gonna be thinking about my, you know, my bills to pay, you know, and by the way, you should give back bills to pay. And the, um, y- you know, you're, you're going to be, your mind's gonna be everywhere. But with me, I'll catch you, don't worry. I know when people are, when people are off, you know, off the rails and I will bring you back to the rails. But, they, but again, yeah, people move to India to like learn how to do that. You know, that's not for us. We don't. We don't need to spend. Uh, you know, how long you want to do this meditation? By the way, let's go.
2: Let's go. I,
1: I tell you, oh yeah. my gosh, I'm. I'm you're uh, guiding, you're but, guiding
2: us. Ready? I'm already trans. You tell me. Yeah,
1: there's really no concept of time when you're in meditation, anyway. So, it, who cares how long we're in it? But, but the the point is, is that I will be reeling you in while to, to where your self-talk is going to take you out, I will reel you back should in. On the,
2: should I put on a screen that shows water and calm that we're in process? Are you ready?
1: <laughs> no, I've Are got this. My, this guitar is going to handle all that. Um, we'll do a, we're going to do a guided imagery
4: meditation.
1: Oh, nice. Oh, beautiful. All you need to do is close your eyes and listen. Perfect. Yeah, you should keep that on for anyone who comes on. Okay, Robert Glazer, five minutes. <laughs> Just the breathing exercises take more than five minutes. Um, but um, seriously, is there a time?
2: let do five minutes. If We could do it in five minutes, seven minutes.
1: Oh, so five minutes means I'm not gonna take you through, through Again, the breathing exercises. But, um, but what we do is we use our breath. So we start with breath and um, we would inhale through the nose and then hold our breath. So why don't we start already? Everyone close your eyes. Okay, you can turn off your camera if you're worried about sneezes or whatever. My eyes will be closed the whole time though. So close your eyes and we're gonna breathe in through our nose, inhale. And fill your stomach, like expand your stomach. And now hold your breath. And allow your eyes to move upward between your eyebrows. Meaning your eyes are closed, but it's like you're trying to look between your eyebrows with your breath held. And now slowly release your breath through your mouth. As your stomach contracts, pushing the air out of your stomach. And now inhaling through the nose, inhale. Holding the breath eyes up, and now slowly releasing the breath, we'll do one more, inhale through the nose, inhale, expanding the stomach, breathing in relaxation, hold the breath, eyes up, exhale through the mouth, slowly releasing the air as your stomach contracts, tightening the stomach muscles, pushing the air out. And now when there's no more air in your body, hold for a moment, and now inhale. And now breathing normally. and feel a wave of relaxation move from the top of your head down to your toes. Starting from the top of your head, moving down to your toes. And catch that runaway brain of yours, that runaway train, thinking about everything else. and Just scan your body as it moves down to your toes. And now on the count of three, yourself to a deeper state of relaxation as the relaxation moves like a wave from your toes to the top of your head one two three that wave move up your body and watch your thoughts to make sure you're only focusing on a wave moving up your body to the top of your head catch your thoughts from Now imagine yourself inside a garden, beautiful garden. And in that garden is a little footbridge about a foot over the water. And you're looking at the glassy surface of the water. Looking at the blue sky and the reflection of the water. And imagine if you were to drop a pebble into the water and break up that glassy surface. And that would make a circular wave, a beautiful vibrational energy crossing the pond. And that is your beautiful child personality. That's the beautiful child in you with a beautiful and simple wave crossing the pond, which attracts beautiful and simple, clean interactions. But now, close your right fist, put your both hands on your lap, rest your hands on your lap. Close your right fist and allow inside your right fist to be jagged rocks. Each one is a different limiting belief about yourself, a negative belief. Some of that stuff you'd say about yourself, not good enough, dumb, unworthy, unwanted, unlovable, small, weak, incapable, hopeless, helpless, lost. Any of those voices you might say. And again, if you're one of the highly successful types, you probably don't even hear it, but I promise you it's there. Now, if you were to throw all five of those or 10 of those stones into the water, each one would create a circular wave, but those waves would interfere with each other. And now crossing the pond would be this complex, complicated interference pattern, which attracts complex and complicated interactions, financials, health, But there you are with your right fist clenched and now clench your left fist. And imagine in your left fist is fish tank gravel, like those little tiny rocks that you're going to somehow throw onto the surface of the pond. So no one should see those waves crossing the pond. Those are your survival strategies, both fight and flight. And that's either being, Someone who's running away from things, avoiding, quitting, being shy, shut down, isolating. Or the opposite, the fight, being the guy or the gal or the the show off, the know-it-all the, or the masmid or the qadosh or the control freak. Or on flight, you're a Mr. or Miss Independent. I did it my way. And there you are sitting there with both fists clenched. You look like a boxer, clench them tight. And you realize the holding that goes on in your body when you're believing those things about yourself. And I want you to hold it tight Squeeze it tight. And on three, release your hands. You can let your palms go upward if you want. Like a vessel before God. On three, release your hands. Hold them real tight now. One, two, three, release. Get in touch with the heartbeat of the beautiful child that is inside of you. We all have a beautiful child inside, that toddler we left behind. Their heart's beating strong, they've been waiting for us. Hold that child in your mind's eye, hold the child, never let that beautiful child go. Take a smaller step Take a deeper breath. Let your motor cool. Gotta bring that car into the shop. Slow down to a crawl. As your defenses fall. Feel your soul refuel. Close your right fist again. Everything you thought about yourself close your left fist all that you believe because you believe your own stuff after a while hold it in your hands and let it go release your hands again be a vessel nothing left to fear remember those fears open to receive setting free the child the beautiful child you do a little dance sing a simple song laugh so hard you're crying chase a butterfly climb the mountainside Once again, you're flying. The person of your dreams is coming into view. Nobody can take that dream away. Somebody who trusts, somebody who shares, someone like the child the beautiful child in you right fist, everything you thought, close your left fist, all that you believed, hold it in your hands, and let it go, release both hands, you don't have to hold that stuff anymore, everyone you love, take a moment, think about your loved ones, how much energy does it take to be close to you? What are people putting up with in tunnel number four? Think about your loved ones, those beautiful people in your life. Imagine what life would be like with them, just burning clean fuel. Your exhaust just goes out the back. Where there is no exhaust, you actually pass your admissions test. Everyone you love Want you to achieve They want to meet the child The beautiful child
6: In you The beautiful child
1: One through five, at five you'll open up your eyes. Coming up one, two, three, four, and five, opening up your eyes. Beautiful. Oh, I was lit. <laughs> Did you really fall asleep? No, <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs>
2: I had so many 60,000 thoughts all over the place. I couldn't think straight. <laughs> OK, guys.
1: Oh, so- it's so I, I was saying that that just uh, OSHA that I share. Uh, I have um, probably four, close to five hundred hours on tour any time of classes, and and, med- uh, and meditation? many nights. I what's that with meditation? Some yeah, very few, very many. Um, I also have uh, you know on YouTube and uh, uh, Facebook as well, and um, and also there are many nights I do ask Rabbi Yom where You get to ask like you know all your off-colored questions um and and then there's the webinars Sundays live with Rabbi Yom Tov, and the, the webinars online and the live seminars coming to you uh, so let's go, hey, go go ahead
2: okay yeah. so again I want to thank Rabbi for coming on tonight I really appreciate it all the way from Israel waking up early morning for us giving us uh I, I feel like Rabbi Tov. I'm being very honest I feel like we really really barely touched the the, the tip of the iceberg I feel like we <laughs> like really like you know concept we're gonna have to we do like the, the, the general concept. I think maybe we got the concept, but I think to really getting into it, we really, we really got to dig in much deeper. But it, it was very eye opening. And I think everybody here tonight is a little bit like mesmerized. What is going on here? I'm completely confused. But at least the awareness is there. And then there's more follow up, obviously, between. I'm sure you clarified with all the follow ups what there is and how they can move to the next level. Um, again, I want to tell everybody in the program tonight next week we have our Blazer Brody from again from Israel. Discussing very interesting topic. He, again, he was one of one of the authors, the co-authors of uh, the number one selling book in Jewish America, Jewish world, was uh, you know Garden of Emuna, and he's discussing. You ready for this, Reb You ready? Ready to be blown away? The topic is Reb Chaim Volozhin's promise on Einod Mavadi. There's nothing in the world besides God. Discussing it in depth. What does that mean? And really, really, it's going to be a really kabbalistic. And deep meaning week next week. So maybe bring your guitar. You'll you'll play you'll play the, you'll play on the orchestra. <laughs> Again, everything tonight is recorded. It's gonna be available tomorrow on ww.manachamburnfell.com. We have all the programs listed over there. Again, if anybody has any questions, please email coachmanacham at gmail.com. If you have Reblazers, you know, you can go to Rebbe his website and you can look it up. If not, you can send the coach We'll forward to uh, Reb when you have time, please respond. Again, I want to give a special thank you to all our advertising sponsors, the Lakewood School Forward us here in Lakewood. Uh, Chazak, Rabbi Yanif are always pushing us on their on their platforms, org. please check it out. i would also give the thank to Mika Sofer from COL Alive for promoting us and I'll give again a special thank you to Chayla Kaufman and Shmuel Sofer from JCN, Jewish Content Network, for always promoting us digitally on all the Jewish digital platforms. Coach Menachem, please give a few minutes closing statement, followed by Rabiantov.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um... Rabbi Yomtev, this was a good Chazara for me. It was a good Chazara, and that sounds like I need it again. There's so much information you added, it. but it's like what Oshi said before. Basic, what we got tonight is the concepts, and mm-hmm. uh, we uh, we're all. I guess everybody's invited to go to the seminar to get the experience. But what I find is that what that's what people are a little bit scared of. The concepts we know. We live in a world that we understand concepts. You can talk about concepts all day. But once you want to go down to that experience and you hear your deep voice takes you to a different place, (laughs) people are not ready for that. And that's why people need to uh, look at their phones and be busy and continue their routine because it is very hard for them to have that shift. But again, I hope everyone tonight at least um, will feel something from the seeds planted and they might uh, after a while say, wow, it probably came from then this idea of being able to stop and breathe, which today's days I think most people forgot how and we're running mm. and running and we're not really breathing. And when you talk to them about this, they say, yeah, it sounds good. I'm busy. I got to go. So thank you again for the, for the whole thing tonight. So unbelievable. And Ushy, mm-hmm. you, and thank you for, for all the staff and for everybody putting in uh, the koleches again. And mm-hmm. uh, Bar Hashem, the Siata de Shmaya. And uh, Hashem shall help you, Rabbi continue to help Klal Yisrael to find their inner child and to be able to come closer to Hashem. Mm-hmm.
2: before you go to you. closing, I just want to tell you, everybody, that Rabbi at the end of the day, you, you rock the bottom line, you rock the house. And I think that just awareness at the end of the day, as a person, we have to know what our capabilities are. We don't wanna live in our self-made, self-proclaimed uh, you know, story of our ours. People have huge potential. And we see from people out there that they utilize their potential, there's so much growth out there that could be done. And I feel like you told me a comment, when you were a kid, you saw a certain guy collecting. Then 25, 30 years later, you see the same guy still collecting. What happened to the past 30 years of his life? Again, it doesn't have to be collecting. I don't mean to pick on that or anything specifically. And I'm not using financial. It could be whether it's your marriage, whether it's your kids, whether it's a certain trend of thought. We're, we're growing people. As we get older, we grow more and more. And we have to have that awareness. And obviously, we, we touched the tip of the iceberg. I do feel like we understand when we feel like we're using our potential, when we have that simple time, when we have the happiness, and we feel that unbelievable burst of energy. And people could just like be, like, like just seep it off of you. That means a person is living, a person is alive, and a person is doing and accomplishing. And people have mm-hmm. it in them. But I feel between all the problems and all the stressors and life's nonstop curveballs, it just. Chayesar said it actually the best. Yeah, Chayasar, are you, that when you have all the stressors, that have all the stressors, it just brings you back and it brings you down, and most people they go to shul, and they go like they just live that repetitive lifestyle when they could be so much more. So again, Rabbi please, in short, short, at least a takeaway of the
1: Close it up. So I'd like to, I'd like to close it up with, uh, two things. One is, uh, that, um, sadly, uh, this, um, all this stuff we spoke about tonight, Trump's, um, and like you were saying that we all, we all, um, are, we get kind of ravaged by life's, um, by, uh, you know, life happening to us and, um, and, it, it, you know, with all the Amun and Betachem, we wind up just kind of stuck anyway, and it, it doesn't really come as a service to us so often. You saw with Corona, it's like, by the way, I only mentioned three of the five fears, uh, but you know, there's, you know, we mentioned rejection, failure, uh, con- being uh, being controlled by others. And there's also unknown and pain and suffering, and you see that people with Amun and Betachem were they they're like we were even though we were dipped in a mutantachon from birth. Well, you guys were I wasn't, but if you were dipped in it, you saw that Corona hit and it was like gone. It was gone. We the the rejection like all of us suddenly weren't spending our days with the people that actually make us feel like we exist in some kind of social ladder of you know you know we that was gone. We don't do what we thought we did for a living. Gone. Um, we we. You know, between our rabbis and the health ministries, <laughs> it was like every day was like a different instruction and often contradicting the day before. Totally out of control. Um and uh and then the um the unknowns still still many people are in the unknowns. And the last was physical pain and suffering. I mean it's like where's the Amun and Bitachon? And so the answer is is that the narrative of our lives are stronger than our Amun Bita. Our munang v'tachon is academic compared to um, what all those inner stuff, all those inner workings that we discussed tonight. There, um, and, and what this work does is brings, brings you, it, it can get all that stuff that, as we were saying, and what Chayasara said, well, and Usher again, is, is all the parts of life that have kind of ravaged us to the point where we're just like, I'm surviving. You know, where you're just surviving and you're not sensing that Syatishma and you, or the energy and or the health. The that when we clean ourselves out, we not only can we be um, running clean with all that comes with, but you're also your and b'tachon, are there's so that's everything to us as Jews. And our Talmudaya and everything in our void HaShem and our davening and everything that that are we're just clear to to live our lives as as Jewish people, with because with, think about it, emuna is re- rejection and failure. Emuna, like God, God wants you here. So what's reject? What rejection are you worried about? Failure. God gives you exactly what you need. You know, right? He he does exactly what we need. That's emuna. And then b'tachon handles out of control, unknown, and pain and suffering, because that, that covers that. So like, but our doesn't do, doesn't do nothing when we got those five fears, you know, behind, you know, kind of secretly activating behind the scenes. And so, and so we can all get back to that And lastly, I said two things that was one and the other that I want to close with is, is that, and you know, it has to do with laser Brody's, uh, 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 Milvada, which we also speak about in the seminar, is this whole world is a, we're in a giant video game. I know it seems really real and, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, there's real stuff happening out there. And But it's really in the end, if you know enough Kabbalah, it's all a digital simulation. I and mean, why do you think when you say God's one, you, you don't look at anything? Because, you know, you're, you're not supposed to look at the illusion when you're saying the truth that it's really all one, Milvada, right? Hashem surrounding space and time. He's filling space and time. He's not just the tortilla. He's the rice and beans. Okay? He's surrounding and filling. And, and so, God, who's creating this world from nowhere, in, from nothing to something, can adjust the system every moment. Every moment. You're not stuck. You're not stuck. He, we say every morning, he's He is creating perpetually at all times. We're the ones who are making it old. We're the ones who believe in time. There's no we Where in Beresh does it say vayihizman? The only thing we got is that He's perpetually creating this world from something from nothing. And for God to make radical adjustments in your life, He can do so without you even noticing because He's, creating, he's only creating now and now now and now and now you know the future is conceptual past conceptual you can learn from the past you can plan for the future but the only thing you've ever experienced is now and god is creating that now and you can align yourself in that spirit and ride the wave of hashem's unfolding from infinite to finite at all times and literally literally live in the miraculous I've been doing it. I've got plenty of people who are doing it. Scott Stone spoke earlier, that guy's living a miraculous life. He's a Ben who's killing it, you know, in every other aspect of his life. Coach Menachem, unbelievable. You know, it's like, I, I have so much nachas from all these people. The famous Shabbos Kerav you've heard of Shabbos Kerav It's like, it's surpassed popular, it, it's, a, it's bigger than Project Inspire now in size. And it's um, those are all my graduates. They sat down together after the Possible You and said, "What are we going to do for Glau Israel?" You know, because we can't expect everyone to have the courage to come do this seminar. And they all sat down and they created Shabbos Kavutana. Invited all the top and Coach Menachem, you're coming, man. I'm going to get you in there. They they bring all the top personal growth people to the fanciest Hasidic Shabbatone you've ever been, and we're we're going to turn back the clocks on on generations of of disassociation you know in these communities that it's enough already you know like like we have to inherit our relationship with god in a way that is commensurate with the magical things we know in our sifri side our secret books about hashem's ways the way of god the der hashem that is ours. It's not just some dream that a excited buffer thinks about all night on a Shabbos when he discovers the Ramchal. It is the reality. And, and what I'm here to do is literally hand people their own inheritance. So thank you.
2: Thank you, everybody, for coming. Everybody, see you next week, 10 o'clock, same time, same place. Good night, everybody. Thank Robert. you,
0: thank you, thank
1: you. Right. Thanks, guys. Lots of love.